Well, um, today we are going to be joined by Kristen Sanchez and Desiree Fawn Zimmerman, um, who come together to form Dance Loud. Break out the drugs. Uh, what are you talking about? We don't have any drugs. No drugs. They do deep house beats. It's kind of dancey, kind of dreamy. Very, very cool. We've been listening to it a lot lately, um, and we're very excited to talk with them about um, their music and their creative process and how cannabis brings it all together. So without further, without further ado, <laughs> Kristen and Desiree, welcome. Hi. Hi. This is Kristen right over here. This is Desiree Fawn. I should uh, go uh, silence the third member of our band. I forgot to shut that gate. Oh, <laughs> he was right. the podcast. We have this gate. <laughs> that dog, the, he or she, uh, your dog she was just uh, okay. She was just trying to do her intro too. She was really yep. excited to come mm-hmm. on the Illinois podcast. Actually, she's actually in one of the songs, so she nice. is an official member of the band. Um, <laughs> and she does not mind being on stage. I think she prefers it, as you notice that she's always in the background um, of anything that we are in. At <laughs> least during this uh, 2020, she's had she's made her her debut in any screen out there <laughs> Look at her go. Yeah, she's in Soon the song in, hollow yeah she's in the song hollow we um added a few of her barks in there just because it just had some fierceness to her barking <laughs> that's you know, awesome barking can be quite quite annoying so we uh buried it in the mix it's just all the way down in there you can't even notice it i'm so glad we did because it gives me the cue of like okay here comes verse two because comes mercury yeah that's our dog's name <laughs> yeah because there's kind of a really long chorus in between the two verses um we definitely don't go a traditional route of verse chorus first chords bridge break chorus yeah, outro we do. To an ex- yeah but i mean especially with that song it was like it kind of jumps there's a short intro and then it jumps right into the verse and then it goes into this kind of long chorus like the chorus happens over and over for and then comes verse two but mercury's bark is just prior to verse two and live it helps me a lot to be like this is where we're at in the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct me if I am mistaken, but is Mercury rocking a side pony? Because that is yeah. amazing. <laughs> right. It, now, okay. So I, Desiree yeah. loves the 80s and sideways ponytails and stuff, but this is all on accident. It just happens. <laughs> like I just tie up her hair and it just 100% will fall to the side. I don't know. It's naturally crimped, you know, with her being a poodle. She's yeah. just like 80s gal. Come on, I jump love up. it. You want to jump up? <laughs> Oh, good girl. You want to come sit? You can jump up. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Desiree, uh, I guess, being a member of our band now, um, our third member, she plays the Barks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, So let's kind of get into your creative process when it comes to um, making your music and kind of how... But oh. bef- before we do that, let's oh, yes. tell folks where we can where find can we you find online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Dance Loud Music uh, at Dance Loud Music on Instagram. I'm Desiree. I'm the one that's mostly on Instagram and does all the stories and all that. Yeah. I'm just in the background, I guess, sometimes being shot, not knowing I'm being shot. And then I end up on the Insta and then I'm secretly checking who looked. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, Kristen, she kind of takes over more Facebook and Reddit. And then um, Spotify, I'm always, sh- sh- you know, like if any curator I have to engage with and post them up there. Yeah. You know, in finding playlists and, you know, with YouTube and Vivo and all that. So, you know, 
if our numbers are low, that's the one I'm handling. If our numbers are better, it's the one Desiree's handling. It sounds about like us where if, if we're getting a lot of views and there's a lot of engagement, it's because Cole has done something. And if it gets pretty well ignored, it's because I tried. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Like SoundCloud, I've given up. Uh, I saw someone else even say they don't take care of the artists with monetization and stuff. So, and I'm like, I don't even know. I don't think any of them do. I don't even care anymore. (laughs) Um, I think we, the most that we did get though was the vivo the vivo is what gave us our statement this year i was shocked yeah with this al- album release it was a, a goal of ours to get on vivo um we happened to fit the criteria ha- accidentally we didn't know they that they we didn't even know what their criteria was we didn't know we were trying for it we were just trying to like do something with youtube <laughs> <laughs> and That's so, awesome. yeah and then we were just checking with all these different options with our distribution like oh look the vivo you can get in there <laughs> I guess, yeah you, you, have to, you have to have three uh nicely produced videos they can't be video loops like a you know uh, repeat loop or anything like that it has to be actual productions so three of those and then wham bam thank you ma'am yeah we got nice. accepted Mm-hmm. And we so, actually were doing our third music video last minute. That was totally like a spur of the moment music video. Why? Oh, we went to the party. And then we were like, yeah, that's a great yeah. film location. We went to a cannabis event. Yeah. And then it ended up being this really great film location. And they'd set up there as a music studio in there and everything. And we we're like, oh, we're going to shoot here. Yeah. I paid like something like 60 bucks an hour to like rent their endless wall thing that it's kind of, you know, it looks it for why lie yeah for why this is the music video why lie it's just it's like the just a white background we just wanted something to show what we play with on the tv you know yeah. <laughs> it's very confusing of what we do like it's like it's in general dj music is confusing it's like what are they doing back there Right. <laughs> I just have to say, I love when you talk about something that's like technical, you adopt this like Southern kind of like drawn accent. You're like the Vivo. What do we got? You do? know, oh, that came from tour. They came from tour. <laughs> so, so on our, on our first tour, we were going to New York. Also I'm into accents. I think <laughs> I just like the whole acting. I'm not an actress or anything, but I'm going to be one when I retire. It's one of my dream retirement jobs. When you grow up, when I grow up. <laughs> Yeah. And we were on tour and we were on our way to New York and we were looking, Kristen wanted a cowboy hat really bad. And I think we were even watching like Walking Dead at the time. And so we just started talking to each other in a true blood. Yeah. in a Southern accent. And then we finally find her cowboy hat and it wasn't in the South. We found it in New York. It was, it was so odd. Unexpected. And so every tour we'd go on, we'd find ourselves like, for whatever reason, we just start talking to each other in a Southern accent you know like sack house and you you just just, whoever i'm next to i'm going to start molding into the person no matter what that's just how my i think both of us maybe i made desiree like that but i used to live with this uh really peppy prissy roommate and um and a very flamboyant um uh gay boy they were like my two bffs at a moment in time and the flamboyant boy was from tampa florida so he had this like southern twang and then so I sounded like this um, cowboy valley girl. <laughs> I could see that. I can mm-hmm. definitely see that. Yeah, that was like when I was 19 to 21 or 18 to 21. Yeah, that was my time. 
and they I'm might the same. I, I have to catch myself sometimes. I'm like, stop talking like other people. <laughs> like they're going to think you're like making fun of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, my mom thinks I'm always mocking her. No, mom, I'm <laughs> being you. Yeah. I just like to <laughs> imitate. Yeah. What I see. Right. Exactly. In yeah, here. So yeah. I have to plug your guys, uh, your website, dance loud music.com because, uh, I just have to like applaud you guys that you have your album on vinyl. That's really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that was a big one for this. It was, it was like so amazing. I remember when we got our test vinyl in and we had went, you know, we really, Kristen went and found a mastering engineer out of London that worked with Radiohead and different people to master our album and run our album through 30 plus thousand dollars worth of equipment. We don't have, um, that that last point, you know, that's what like mastering does is that it's just like, it's the final EQ, it's the final compressors, limiters, it gets everything as loud as possible. Um, without ruining it <clears throat> or, or they'll ruin it. So it depends on who you get. So, yeah. So that's where, when we got our first masters and Kristen sent them back and did her own masters and said, this is what I want it to sound like and guided them EQ wise, EQ wise. And, um, that would just pump into your chest, you know, this bass it's, it's meant to be heard on loud speak, big speakers. The phones just can't produce. We're both, we love the low frequencies. And so the, the one thing that was really cool about with this final was the mastering engineer we chose, he happened to get mastering engineer of the year and he cut the lacquer, um, doing a halftime. It's a specialized thing that they put the song in halftime and as it's dragging and it's cutting the lacquer to create the vinyl, it, it makes sure that every little sound goes in. And the, the vinyl version <clears throat> really has this richness. You know, there's, it, it's really interesting that each medium that you listen to something on, digital was louder, but vinyl was, it was like warm and big and it just was different. And so... I did. And it was very nice because I could come home and do the test now that I have all versions. We even put the sucker on high fidelity tape cassette. Hey, you know, but I just want to I mean, it's a joy to have this technology. A lot of people are scared of technology and are like anti-technology, um, but I can be the opposite. I'm not like, what? Why? You have you have so much toys now, <laughs> but you can we played the vinyl 180 gram and on our speakers and compared it with the wave file 2496 wave file not just any wave file but that's like a the higher sampling rate uh where it usually comes in before any compression but that was loud more consistent of the time but the dynamic range was low it just it's like the led light up bars were just straight up on you know for level the whole all of it like the whole thing now with vinyl it was dancing it was going up and down so therefore it has a larger dynamic range so you can feel the feeling better and it's it's not only just the loudness there's um because when you think loud you're you're going like a, a vertical uh visual but when you're thinking rich it's like a wider visual so that was the whole difference on the vinyl and digital difference when i finally heard it from our own recording for the first time you know in our own speakers that i already know and now i can finally say after doing an experiment a science experiment i know how us cannabis lovers love this but you can do a scientific experiment and have the exact same you know signal and signal chain and really compare and know the real story with your own ears and i will stand by vinyl sounds richer it does far more rich 
just like organic nudes. Um, (laughs) 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 But if you want to go strong, I would actually pick the wave to play at a club at the Clizzub because it's going to be a mono signal in the Clizzub because you got speakers over here, over there, over by the bathroom lady everywhere. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, you're going to probably want to play the 20. You're not even going to want to play the 2496 wave. You're going to want to play something like 44.1. Don't be doing the hardcore file in the club and the one thing that uh what made the vinyl that much more special to us was you know we with dark side of the moon from pink floyd being such a big influence um we made sure that when we got our masters back kristen mixed each song together so and we made sure that the whole album stayed in a in no, not eq mix she's talking no silence in between songs mixed like a dj mix like blending two songs and the whole album's on 128 beats per minute, but can also be perceived as 64 beats per minute. It's part of the duality when of you it. you want to cry. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's where like Time and Travel, you know, was the last song that we carried on the album. And there are two halves of each song. So Time is the first part and it's the last song on the album. And then Travel is the first song. Um, it's the song that never yeah. ends. <laughs> but we do. This is so this is my goal. I'm hoping, you know, since Pink Floyd, you know, lined up with the Wizard of Oz that in some way, shape or form, it's going to line up with like how high Friday, like Cheech and Chong, like something. And it's just going to be perfect. And it's going to seem like it's a perfect yeah. score for a stoner movie. Like you could put the movie on mute. You know, let's just imagine like Ice Cube or something's on mute. Not <laughs> It's just magically flowing terms. <laughs> I love it. What's that guy? The spazzy guy? Oh, uh, what's his name? The guy with the hat. Yeah, what is his name? I don't know. I haven't watched that one in a while. Yeah, you have to me the whole time. What is his name? Smokey. Ah! Smokey. Hey, Smokey. let's play yeah. with my money's like playing with my emotions. Speaking of Smokey, <laughs> I'm going to uh, do. ASMR. Yeah. Hey, cheers. Let's, let's yeah. spark up some. Cannabis. You can even use this lighter as like an ASMR field recording. Oh, that's good. And then even the the crackle of the joint watch. Right. It'll be like a, the beginning of a Lil Wayne track. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's good. We did have a song. The one song that we put out before this album back in the day, uh, it started off with a bong hit. Um, nice. I versus Spy. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, we always put weird stuff in the beginning of our songs. We're, some people think it's so cliche, cheesy, but <laughs> I love it. Like I put beach waves in front of my, one of my first songs and the Californian is like, why did you do that? I'm so sick of that sound. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, well, well, I'm from Chicago and I want to go to the beach right now. Right. All the time. It's winter. So I talk about the beach a lot. So what are y'all smoking on? We are smoking on some of our homegrown critical kush. What are you smoking on? Same. Same, but super silver haze. The the opposite here. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Hey. Flex the home grow. That's we gotta grow grow for our own because uh yeah, this industry is kind of a joke. But um we'll we'll talk about that later. Justine, I feel like you had some uh questions for Dance Lab that you wanted to get into. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so I wanna know kind of more about how cannabis plays into your creative process and how it adds to it or what it may make more difficult or um so like what first do you guys ever 
go into the process of creating music without consuming cannabis first? No. What's that like? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's actually, it gets really deep, to be honest. Um, And I love that we can talk about this on here is that. Always cut us off when we have too much because this one would be a long one. Yeah, we have. Hey, we're all. We've got the time if you do. All right. (laughs) So we are, you know, the, the thing is, you know, this album was mostly created on Super Silver Haze, White Widow, and Lemon G. And if you are familiar with any of those strains, you know, Super Silver Haze for me is a really creative strain. It really clears my mind. I'm, I'm a sativa head. You know, I tend to like almost lower THC levels. Um, and I will couch lock it and harvest it late. And it's just not giving her munchies and any way shape or form it just doesn't it's like the espresso of weed like for creatively like we always know when we smoke super silver haze because we just have all these like grand ideas too many ideas it's it's (laughs) an ideas weed and it it gets stuff done and it keeps you going and working and you know the creative flow we've seen it from a lot of artists there's something about from 3 a.m to 6 7 8 a.m is the witching there's something in this time frame that you're just You'll work all night and then all of a sudden at like six or seven a.m. It, it was like that's the keeper. And it's all the stuff. And there was happens. there's something with um I've seen, I think it was like Freud, it was uh or Tesla, someone or Salvador Dahl even maybe they would go to sleep in a chair and they'd hold two metal balls in their hand. And when they would fall asleep, the balls would fall and hit the floor Sorry, and they'd wake nice. up. And it was they'd found that in between the dream stage and awake stage of the subconscious and conscious level, the clearest and best ideas came in. So I think there is something about working up until like you can barely keep your eyes open and it tends to be the keepers. So sativas help us with that. It's also like that feeling when you're on the bathroom and you're taking a poop and then you're (laughs) just like, man, ah, what? Uh, Yes, that's it. Cause you're (laughs) (laughs) You're in the perfect state of mind. Or a bathtub. <laughs> and you're supposed to bet at the gray at the dog race or whatever. We heard that you're supposed to bet for the dog that just pooped. That's going to win. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've seen our cats zip through our house, you know, post bathroom break. <laughs> so, you probably have some sort of idea and body surge when you're relaxed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I mean- we've- I'm sorry. We read one day. Uh, it was like, if you ever have an important decision to make, make it while being in the tub because your body is at its most relaxed and you will be able to think your clearest. <clears throat> we have our meetings in, on um, in our bathroom in the tub because we have a nice we did our rehab of our house and made sure we had jets. Oh, yeah. Ooh. All right. Well, going forward, all of my meetings are going to be from the tub. So, yeah. You know, a podcast <laughs> from our bathroom would be awesome because it'd have that natural reverb from the tiles. Yeah, you just have to learn <laughs> how to um, fix your phone when you drop it in the tub often. <laughs> I've got a tripod. We could just set the tripod up off to the side. Yeah. I don't know why we would be. Uh... No, I don't think yeah, we'd be we filming that. we don't need that. to be filmed that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then if you do a gravity bong in the tub. <laughs> Maybe maybe Justine, that's our future with our Patreon. You know, if people want to pay for behind the scenes, I'm joking. Only fans. (laughs) Yeah, the only fans. There you go. Yeah, Chillinois only fans. (laughs) We're gonna turn off our jets just for you. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Anyways. Yes. So it does. It really, it had a, a huge part. And so like, the thing is like when we created this album, you know, we saw it as the, you know, I, I approach things. If I were to have a restaurant because I was in the restaurant industry for so long that I would go a fine dining route that if it was an Italian place, you make your breads, your pasta noodles, like your sauces, like everything. And that's how we very much approached this album is that we went and did field recordings of, you know, cicadas and crickets and different things, um, which made it cheaper for us than having to find samples or buy them. That's what a lot of people do. They'll buy them from websites like Splice and stuff. And um, so we went and would seek out our own sounds. But with that, you know, as being like, uh, you know, home brewers and home growers, we were able to like, you know, I made all the mead that we drank while creating the album and Kristen grew all the you know, super all silver the haze and like <laughs> lemon jeter replaced Newports because it's kind yeah. of similar. Tastes delicious. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and then White Widow was for when we needed to tone down everything, you know, but White Widow still has some creativity in it. So it's still flowing constantly like an everlasting you know yeah we're big fans of greenhouse seeds yeah i i like their genetics i know like there's so much genetics now that have gotten such like like a high end or exotic the exotic is the term now mm-hmm. um and uh they're kind of too old school for a lot of people but i i don't know i just really like all that old sativas you know and I think G13 is the reason why I like lemon G a lot. Um, it's got a weird taste to it. And I think a lot of people either hate it or love it. But a lot of people grow G13, I think, just because of the yield. And it's it's uh, it's so immune to everything. It's so uh, strong. But uh, what's it? What is it? Oh, oh lemon super- skunk. That's it. Yeah. yeah, it's lemon skunk had a baby with G13. But um, and then our third fave is the white widow. It's just I, I mean, there's a reason why it's always widow OG and haze going around and cookies now like those are like the four lines that have just spread you know so fast and i I see why widow is like too obvious why that's great you know it's just so crystallized you can't help it yeah i'm a huge fan of the hazes oh yeah because the creativity no much and and a lot of times you know they have a hay like smell you know, they're not like not as showy. presentable or showy or, you know, have that pungent smell of like OGs and, you know, it's, it's like piney, piney. Yeah. Earthy. earthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't show well here in Chicago. That is, I bet it would show better somewhere else. Yeah. You know, even when we were at Bonnaroo, um, there was our neighbor, we were like in the artist area and our neighbor had a batch of super silver haze with them. And I was like, oh my gosh, like you are our long lost best friend. But how it goes into the music though. I mean, this, the weed is how I can shut off all those little thought bubbles that come up. You know, you're practical. If you're, a, you know, if I don't know if you ever, you know, see astrology in any sort of way, but I see it as like a frequency based thing. Like I can be kind of a person that's tuned to be too practical. That's just how I'm born, you know, whether it be, my genetics or my birth chart, I don't know, but I, my practicality has to tone it down in order to start producing music of any, because 10 years ago I was, we were both very like, let's not spend any money on, on music production tools because it, you almost get not, no return from it. You know, that's just a given, that's just a fight since the early 1940s with the early, you know, jazz musicians. But um <clears throat> You know, um, it turns off uh, these thought bubbles I have about my parents, about telling me like not to buy everything on sale, 
you know so we did buy this album on sale so we wait for labor day <laughs> you know right our our Black hardware our Friday. hardware synth like if there's any producers out there you know because you know that cannabis goes hand in hand with being in music um but i know producers are out there and you can really save money you know by spending money on your audio production tools is what i learned after this album being cheap is more expensive it is it is i was cheap for the last 10 years and that's why we only pooped out one song because we had 10 unreleased songs before an accident threw it all away because i and also because i suck at backing up the computer <laughs> um but there was a reason why we never released it is because it was with free free stuff it just didn't sound it didn't have that it didn't go through the chest yeah, you know yeah. and yeah it just doesn't hit your heart once we get a moke synthesizer that's where a lot of the low tones come from in the album mm -hmm. and we'd found that was like wow not even a bass guitar could produce such big rich yeah. low tones i mean we've bought it we bought the bass guitar we bought we've mic'd up the amps like we've we've you know, you go down the signal chain and try to figure out what's going to give you the most juice, the bang for your buck on a low end budget. And yeah, I think like a really expensive hardware synthesizer is a really cheap way <laughs> to get high quality sounds. I've learned because software wasn't cutting it at all. I, I bought it all. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah, it's a very expensive way to learn. And I know even with the podcast we've kind of gone through that ourselves of having to upgrade our equipment you know we started out i think we were just recording straight through computer microphones via skype and then we got some yeti mics and then we just recently upgraded it again and yeah it's just the Addicting. more yeah it is. it's hard not to yeah yeah it's like cannabis growth it's like oh i didn't think about the clones oh i'm buying more see oh do i have to get like a mother tent <laughs> <laughs> and you know plan for these things like oh mother tent okay now wait hold on wait now in order to keep that alive and then then, then space is an issue and then like yeah these hobbies they're just like sinkholes of they, uh, they are yeah it's like yeah they they really do feel like it like it's it's endless like mm -hmm. you know with it it's it, it's crazy but, but it shows the passion you know if if it's yeah. just it's nothing no monetary value will ever take away the feeling of that passion and when you just and you just want it to be better and better and and you just you know that there's not going to be a return but it doesn't really matter you know and i and i find that when i i'll find documentaries about people and that's those are the most inspiring people in the world that they're the ones that just kept dumping more and more and just working and working and working with not money in mind. It was just, just sheer passion, you know, and that's, but that's how you make an album is exactly that. You know, like yeah. I, I think Pig Floyd went on one of their many albums, they had a deal with EMI that allowed them to use the recording studio an unlimited amount of time. To Dark side of the moon. Yeah. So according to Desiree and her ears or whatever, she says, that's the best album. Uh, I'm, I'm not just, I'm not the, I'm, people are going to hate me for this, but I'm not the biggest fan of Pink Floyd. It's okay. But <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of NSYNC and you love them. So. I do. They're going to hate me more. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can respect both of your musical preferences equally. I love Pink Floyd and uh, yeah, I got down with NSYNC. So <laughs> like. I know she tries to get down with NSYNC. She tries so hard. She learned their chords and everything. 
I'll play her some songs on guitar, you know, to, you know, to get, to get me on the same level. But, yeah. you know, I, yeah, it's so funny that our influences just sound nothing like our music. Mm-mm. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, I could see there's hints of it, maybe, maybe, but not really, yeah. you know, it's, um, you know, like, I, you know, I love Hans Zimmer, you know, and I love his, the score he did with Inception or what is that? Uh, Johnny, uh, what is that? What's that meme? What's that guy? I can't think um, of it. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was that movie that he, that score that he did time. And I was like, oh, it's just such a beautiful all around song. Um, you know, so like kind of thinking, you know, it was like everything from Lifehouse was like a big, we both oh, love okay. that song. <laughs> we, we tell people. I mean, it's true, but there's this, but we had a, this huge accident, or whatever, and then this album became all dark because we were all super sad. But it's true. But there's another reason why it came out dark. It's because we both love this one song from Lifehouse called <laughs> Everything. It's so good. And people propose to the song all the time. Like, I don't like Lifehouse, any other music, you know, besides Hanging by a Moment, that one song that made them and also everything. It was never a single. <laughs> and it's just so yeah i think like that's how why lie accidentally happened too we just started getting super deep um i tried to make every single song sound similar to that or the same like structure where it's like strings deep deep bass tone subtone um and a really simplistic backline um and then yeah and then every song accidentally came out really dancey and i don't know I like it though. I mean, that was kind of the first thing that I noticed when listening to the music. I think the very first song that I turned on was um, Hear Me Out. And I immediately noticed, I was like, okay, am am I dancing or am I deep about this? Like, am I, I, okay, I get it. That's cool. Like, that's kind of the two two things that I like is I like something a little bit more, excuse me danceable but i also really love like folk music for the fact that the lyrics mean something you know it's not just some some words on loop or whatever over a dance beat it's actual music that you can actually listen to you know and i i just love it oh thank you you know that was uh that was the first song we made on the album um that one came out, it was, it was the very first time I'd ever sung. Um, you know, when we got in this, we got rear-ended by a semi in our tour bus. And I, you know, when we were in the hospital for a month, we had a lot of time to think. And I thought, you know, if we want a future in music, we need to give it every single thing we have to give it. And at the, you know, at the beginning, Kristen was just a DJ and I was just a drummer, but Kristen went to school for audio production and I play, you know, guitar, bass and vocals kind of i just never she sitting around a fire she, I, with get a drunk guitar and when the guitar and the campfire comes out the vocals comes out the third thing that happens <laughs> yeah so so we got back and Kristen wasn't able to walk at the time and i was just i was like okay this is now or never Let, i'm just gonna get this going we had to get a new computer get a new um even uh digital audio workstation and, you know, we didn't even have any instruments, any, you know, really anything. And I'm using a stock keyboard and I just started putting down the vocals and Kristen couldn't even be in the room. And I was so terrified that she could hear me in the other room. And I could hear her. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't. T- oh, sorry. It's fine. Okay. I've gotten better with it now. I'm more, I'm more used to it by the time, you know, two years later creating the album. But 
Um, I was so nervous. And then even towards the end, when we were doing final mix on all songs before we're going to send it to mastering. And, you know, I was like, I, I want to replace these vocals. Like they're just, they're pitchy. Um, they're not perfect. And Kristen's like, these are your like quote unquote virgin vocals. Like it was the first time you'd sung. There's a vulnerability there that you're just never going to get again. And what's interesting is I'd seen like Fleetwood Mac, they, with one of their songs, like they end up, it was one of their like top songs. They end up using the, the first take that was meant to just be the guidance take. And it just, she couldn't reproduce the emotion from that, the guiding take that that's the one that ended up take, you know, they end up using and it actually wasn't even recorded perfectly. Um, but that's where it was kind of, you know, we had that Fleetwood Mac moment, you know, with our very first song that it, it's not perfect. I had to fight for those quote unquote pitchy vocals. Cause I don't know, she's a perfectionist, but then I, I'm like the opposite. Well, I guess our perfection is equal. It's just that we're perfect, perfect in the opposite ways. Like, I tend to be a, like a very messy person on the producing thing and messy in general, like pitchy, what? Just get it out. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, because like it's the, the vocals are the best when you're holding a candle in a closet, in a dark closet. Like they reproduce that feeling at a recording studio. You know, they have to buy like sometimes the recording assistant has to go run to Walgreens and buy, you know, the candles on sale <clears throat> Yeah, to get it done. And and she didn't she didn't know like she's over here trying to like in, put the reverb on to make her feel better because like when you hear yourself in a dry recording by the way if there's any singers out there and you're discouraged because it's like this dry terrible recording like it's all good you know like just try not to use reverb because you're going to just output more or um compensate like the reverb kind of compensates for you so you might like kind of do a crappier job yeah it said uh, i read like do not practice um even if you're in a band um with reverb on like your vocals because you're not going to be able to like listen and articulate that you're not hitting it just right sometimes you just have to move your mouth a different way to make sure to hit that tone just right and something if it if it's too wet you're not really going to be able to hear that you're not hitting the perfect Yeah, but pitch. when they're not hitting the perfect pitch, it sounds like they're crying and it's so emotional, like that song, everything. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to add to that, that there is definitely, um, it's, it's just a vulnerability. And that's a, I feel like the song itself requires a level of vulnerability for it. So I, I appreciate Kristen, you pushing Desiree to get that out, even if it wasn't as perfect as you wanted it to be. And our personalities are the opposite. So it's weird that that happened because I'm the one that's like trying to overproduce something, being the producer person that likes electronic music. And, and I'm a DJ and I'm like, I don't, we, we both actually don't like vocals as a primary subject of listening. We usually bury that in our, in our primary focus, both of us, by the nature of us playing per more percussive stuff. I think DJing is more percussive if I were to put it in a category. But um, yeah, so I naturally was trying to, you know, overproduce everything. And then everything that came out minimal was either one, uh, an issue because we don't have an SSD drive and I just couldn't even jam any more tracks in there because I don't know what I'm doing technic technically in the technical realm. I'm not a computer genius. 
<laughs> I just figured out what an SSD drive is. But <laughs> so that's another reason why we accidentally made minimal music. But another reason, um, man, where was I going? Okay, don't put down the super silver haze. Um, <laughs> uh, that was the first thing. And I had a number two. The number two thing was something to do with like just like not not overproducing what should be lo-fi like it like it sounds better bare you know sometimes when you're getting super deep you should just be bare like with you shouldn't be trapped lighter you shouldn't be super over <laughs> overproduced like shady beach is the most produced one of it you know i spent most time like just putting stuff in there i don't know what i was putting in there just stuff <laughs> You know, I tend to grab stuff from the existing audio files and chop it up and delay it or process the poop out of it, you know, just like make like 20 plugins in there um, to make it sound fun and interesting. Or it's just me compensating because it's a cheap substance, like a, you know, a sample that sounded like crap and I had to juice it up, <laughs> you know, um, but whatever the occasion may be, sometimes when you're trying to get deep, it should just... Like why lies like that? She was over here trying to put a kick in, and I'm I'm the person that's dancing that loves a kick on every quarter note, not her, <laughs> me. But she was the one forcing a quarter note kick, you know, like like why lie? Imagine if why lie was, <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah. wasn't. It doesn't vibe well. Yeah. But I. Yeah. And sometimes when you produce for longer, like periods of time in one day, you start to accidentally get into this techno club realm accidentally when you're producing you're just like remember we would be up too late and then all of a sudden the ears get really weird and fatigued and you're just like making everything harder hardcore <laughs> yeah there's a thing like when you extended amounts of sound your physically your ears start to close and it's to protect your ears just from longevity and and that's where you know like i, I would always step outside prior to playing drums in a club to let my ears open up again um and it's the same thing like you really have to step away from the music for like you know a good 20 minutes just to like let your ears open again and then go back and listen to it with new ears because once they start to get fatigued <clears throat> the volumes start to like if, if you ever watch a dj if you really listen to them at a four-hour wedding like their ears are really fatigued because they can't pee or anything um well i guess I worked for a company where I had to, no, I just worked for myself or I couldn't pee. I didn't have an assistant. You usually have an assistant. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you just, you're, they will start, their levels will start to get higher and higher and higher through the night, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it, it, it gets painful, but yeah, that's how you accidentally get, start producing really hardcore techno club music when you're trying. <laughs> I also wonder if it's just like you trying to keep yourself up it just starts to be like bang, yeah bang. You're, like, man, you're just man. like let's go <laughs> you know happy weird thing going on you know right because right. like at the end of some of our slowest songs it starts to accidentally get clubby but then it doesn't but then it's I just we just turned it down all when we woke up the next morning like whoa what trip did state did we get into at the end of this song then we tone it down the next day when we're completely refreshed we like had to tone down all of that hardcore techno yeah take yeah. off the quarter note okay <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome you brought up folk is because uh we recently learned that there was a genre called folktronica that we weren't familiar with and and i do think that like each song kind of is its, is its own subgenre house like one you know it's, it's definitely music you could dance and cry to um but like no i forgot what i was going with <laughs> 
so I, you know, Kristen, I never really sung much because I kind of have a naturally folky sounding voice. I'm not really the biggest fan of folk. I like Joni Mitchell, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Like, I, I really don't. It's just something that it's I never fully liked. So I never really liked my own voice because it didn't yeah, sound yeah. like music I liked. And and I, I truly believe without Kristen's addition to this album, you know, the songs would have been a little bit more folky, um, mm-hmm. a little bit more simplistic you know, just by nature. Um, and Kristen like went in and made sure that to interesting everything up, I feel. Yeah. Sure. Make it dancey. Like I really like to dance to time and it's a rock song. We <sighs> found that that song falls into the realm of post-rock. Post-rock. We end up starting to like really look at what are these subgenres. Each song is very different from each other. Um, you know, they all do. We made sure to keep the whole album as one tempo. You know, and even at the end of YLI, when it starts to speed, you know, get back into a dancier realm, it was intention of this is going to be mixed into the next song for the vinyl and for live, you know, and um, but yeah, when you're planning a bigger project like an album, it kind of gets, I guess, more creative and fun to do because then you can do things like that is plan for the uh, whole track order and how it's going to play into the next song. It's kind of like when you're playing pole that you will make sure to think about where you leave your ball, like after you hit it, you know, where it's going to go for that next hit. That's kind of how we approach the album in that way too. That's why I always lose in pools. Brilliant. (laughs) Pool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I can't think three. It's always like, you're like thinking like three steps ahead in pool. Right. Because you like got to get the, for the primary step, you know, make sure you keep the ball in your hand, I guess, whatever it Mm -hmm. on you. And then you've also got to set yourself up for the next shot, right? Right, mm-hmm. Because so, it only so. works assuming if you're going to actually make the shot. See, I'm still at point one where you <laughs> right. still make the shot. I'm Too right much there with strategy. You. <laughs> yep. Well, I think it's great, though, that you guys did take that time and attention to make an album that just flowed together so seamlessly and um that you can just listen to on repeat endlessly i mean i can't i'm not sure how many times we listened to it when we were painting the house until we realized that we had been listening to the same album the whole time oh nice thank you (laughs) help us so much yeah yeah we loved it yeah for sure um so what are you know what? I was going to ask you your favorite ingestion method, but I really want to talk about the Shady Beach music video. All right. Because it was so great. I love um, the Kristen waking up in a bathtub full of elotes as <laughs> <Yes>. chips. <laughs> and, and, you know, the stop motion with the um, cutouts. And, of course, Heelys. Mm, oh, my God. I don't know why... No one has them. I don't understand. I love Heelys. So I've been, I've had it since like 2000 and whenever it first came out. I've wanted these. Heelys were cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I put them white and everything. Um, I took them on tour and everything. Cause like Walmart has the best flooring to, you know, use your Heelys on. Cause yeah. it's so yes. big. And you could just go in there because it's Walmart anyway. You just go yeah. in there, stupid stuff like that. Um. And at least with a shopping cart, it's unbelievable mm-hmm. too. 
Yeah. Because when you're like low on sleep, all you're when you're because when you're on tour, you're like on some sort of like a four hour, four to six hour sleep and awake uh, alternating thing. Um, And so you go because of because of the fact that you never got a full night of sleep, you're kind of always weird. So (laughs) it's like the perfect weird thing to do. You know, and that's yeah. all you can. That's where you sleep is usually a Walmart parking lot because that's what the what you call boondocking is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with the video, you know, it, it, thank you for pointing this one out because this is the only video that we created of the t- main three that came out with the album, and you know, this was the video that was the cheapest. It cost us three hundred and fifty dollars to make this video. But whoa! But it's because Desiree's skill in direction and production and cinematography I don't even know <laughs> <laughs> is worth I would say in my uh slightly educated opinion a value of five thousand dollars. Oh so sweet. You know we're obviously each other's biggest fans. <laughs> it's Desiree behind the um Adobe premiere. Let me see if I get it right. Uh, film thing and the stop motion is created with onion layers and her cutting out pictures of myself that she took when she thought I was being interesting and put them on these L brackets so that I could stand and so she could put in her little stop motion setup scenery that she built out of cardboard and did the real life piece pizza you know from their pizza box on the cardboard And it's only like a two second part of the music video, the stop motion she created in there of me. She even put herself in there, but didn't give her enough frames. So you can't, actually can't see Desiree. Oh. She made her own little cut out of herself and it didn't, <laughs> didn't end up being in it. Oh my God. It's so funny sad. because like inside the house, like when you open the door, like we really this like- something that we can't see. We no smoked a lot it. of Super Silver Haze and really thought out every little like thing. Extreme storyboarding. So like inside the house when she comes out, I'm actually sitting Indian style. Um, and then behind us is a screenshot of system overload. Because we don't know what an SSD drive was. Because our jaw would <laughs> system overload, system overload. You know, you're trying to record, you're feeling really creative and it's system overload. And you're- you That just was the, th- the theme of Shady Beach because we did it so fast at 6 a.m. But we worked on it for 10 hours and had nothing until 6 a.m. hit. And then system overload happening at 6 a.m. while we were super creative. Yeah. And yeah, so it was the whole music video, you know, we 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 really like this song was actually the third, fourth song we made. And the and it was like that day of tracking was like my favorite memory of re- making this album because there was like warm ups I do on the guitar. And Kristen's like, oh, I love those. Just throw them in, you know, and. And we were just like That's back the- to back instruments, like go. All right, here's bass. Go. Here's synths. Go. You know. And it was, we were just tearing right through it, like where we wrote that song really quick. You're right, because I like the Beach Boys. She doesn't like the Beach Boys, but I do. But she was doing some sort of Beach Boy thing, and it was basically her guitar warm up. That's what she calls it. I'm like, what? That's a guitar? No, that's a guitar riff. That is a loop I'm going to sell later, or we're going to record and put in this song. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so uh but i will say in the stop motion part we did put a lemon g bud in the stop motion as the tree 
two trees, yeah, on, two each trees on each side because they look like such weird trees. It's like the old, mo- the oldest mom you will ever meet. So the genetics are kind of so weird. So it's super spread out and weird. Um, but we just we just love her so much. She's just going to be with us. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. um, that's just what happens with certain genetics. Um, you will keep it until it's just so weird. Yeah. yeah um, so it was the song itself, um, you know, was it was pretty much like about like kind of pay it forward and, you know, go brighten someone's day because no one likes a shady beach. And the whole album was kind of like how we you know, there was points of frustration when, that we look into the world. And and it was a way of like, you know, it was. It, it was kind of putting our frustrations out there and it was like therapy that made us accept everything is perfect the way it is. And so, you know, with this video, like we just really wanted to send a positive message and we, so everything was like down to the T like thought out. And it was, it was the most fun creating it. And the reason I'm not in it is because I filmed most of it that, you know, it was down to like art department, you know, rebranding flame and hot Cheetos to, you know, looking up the story behind Flamin' Hot Cheetos that it was a custodian that worked for, I don't know what this is like. Is. Everyone should be taught the story of the guy that created Flamin' Hot Cheetos. It should be a, a staple in public schools. <laughs> but this guy, he's a janitor or whatever. He doesn't know English. He's got his wife. They're cool. They like elotes. He eats elotes on his lunch break at working at the, 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 you know, the big giant chip company Lays or whatever the big giant chip company is. And then um, he's like, man, he, he was the custodian. So when um, uh, Cheetos would come out and it didn't have the cheese on it, they they told him to throw it away and he wasn't throwing it away. He was taking it home and him and his wife were making a Lotus out of it. So then the the company was having a hard time and they told all the employees, think, think as yourself as if you were the CEO and what would you do to help us with this company? So his wife like went and got him a suit and went to the library and looked up like putting out a marketing proposal and they had to learn how to create a proposal, a got, legit proposal. Yeah, I mean, got, who can write 30 pages? Not me. <laughs> so they went in front of the CEO and said, these are, these are, these are what we make. We make them out of Elotes. Um, And they tried the chips and were like, this is amazing. And they started making Flamin' Hots from that. And it became Flamin' Hots and Funyuns, I feel like, are the stoner staples of the chip area, you know? And so we wanted to incorporate that. And so that was one thing is we bought a hundred bags of flaming hots. Uh, that was part of the budget. That literally I was, we were just <coughs> super stoned at 6am and that's how the idea came. Like, what if I thought I was joking. I was like being stupid. I'm like, yeah, babe, let's think of this stupid song where like we do music video ramen's tub of, cause I always say I want to be in a pool of fill in the blank. Like I've always wanted to be, I've always said this all my life. I want to jump in a pool full of um, what's my favorite oh. foods like ramen or something like all of my foods, like being a pool full of like Healy shoes, like whatever. That um, would be awful. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more jello. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing <Okay>. like that. <laughs> so, so with the flaming hot longboards, um, I really want a longboard right now. I would be a pool full of longboards. Oh yeah. Be really uncomfortable so we uh so i got on photoshop and i like rebranded the flaming hots and then i put the the picture of the guy's face and then i put like the thug life glasses on him and then that turned into like the head of the cheetos thing and then elotas turned in you know because we have you have to be have careful to do this. this is what the brands. simpsons does they have to rebrand their things uh that they you use. can use the likeness of something without using that something and we wanted flaming hots to be a part of it so then the you know we're like it was like, oh, well, high times, you know, and since the album was called The Moment, we like rebranded an album um, or we rebranded a magazine. It was called High Moments and it had 
I don't know if you've looked into Jorge Cervantes and all of his grow instructional videos of like back in the Before day YouTube, we had Jorge Cervantes and you would get VHSs or DVDs of his videos. And he, he would put this hat on. So if you look, if you notice like the point where I'm sitting on the toilet, that magazine cover is a literal recreation of a very real high times cover of Jorge Cervantes and his grow videos. Um, and he, so he would put these glasses on and this hat and this hair, um, and he, to hide himself because he's like, this is old, this old, this is old school this is old and he's videos. teaching people how to grow, you know, and, and we watched all that, of those videos, all of it. And we learned a lot from him. Yeah. So he, you know, he was a big inspiration. So we did a photo shoot. So I'm going to repeat that. Jorge Cervantes. Yeah. Look him up. He's got a long history in the week. Watch him pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> I think, I think, I think it's right. Um, so, so, and then on the other side of, of the magazine and we actually, it was like a secret thing where like, here's all the strains that here are our favorite strains and here's our home grows. And And then we put the sponsor people on the back of the magazine too, that helped us like the smoke shop that we filmed in and piece pizza. And so we went and found people who, you know, as a conscious consumer, um, that were weed friendly and that were good to their employees. So we went to Peace Pizza and we'd asked the bartender and he had, I'd, you know, he'd been there forever. Like he'd worked there forever. And it was like, how do you like the owner? And he was like, oh, he's great. I was like, does he smoke weed? And he's like, oh yeah, he's great. And so that's where it was like, okay, you have a long-term staff. You treat your staff well. You're, you're fine with weed. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a really nice guy. Because the other business has to be okay with the weed. Because we ask Disney if they want to be in our music video Walt Disney was born in Chicago in this house in Hermosa and they actually just redid the house to make it authentic to when he was born so we contacted them because we wanted Kristen to walk out of the Disney house and every part of the video has different things to do with the city from Wizard of Oz everything I'll go into that in a second but so we contacted him we're like yeah so we want to congratulate Illinois for going recreational um you know it's funny because it was number 11 state which is I.L. I always thought that was like, you know, I want something I want, I originally planned to add in the video and I never did. Um, so we contact them. They're like, yeah, we don't really want to align ourselves with marijuana. And I was like, oh, you know, actually I have one of your old cartoons. And I don't really want to align ourselves with the racist either. So we forgot about that. <laughs> you know, moving on. Yeah. We, just moving like, on. we just like your house <laughs> and the yellow big road. But I said it. Or, I mean, oh, sorry. I just skipped into the Wizard of Oz section. Of okay. The yeah. So, video. sorry. So, yeah. So the beginning, um, you know, the way it starts off um that shot was actually like influenced by when we were doing a photo shoot i did a funny photo shoot and where i was sitting on a toilet with high times and so it was like okay we're gonna add that shot to it so we had we went and got this like foot long joint roller and that and it was a very real foot long joint um we bought it at saint we saw it filming at saint lucia's didn't we we saw it there before and we bought it and then we bought it for the music video and when we asked them if they would want to be a part of it as a smoke shop. And so then we'd found another um, this uh, Hush, uh, Hush co- Chicago. They are um, they're They're the ones where we went to the, the cannabis event and where we then later saw the place where we shot Wiley. So Hush Chicago. Is so we had their grinder about. as part of it. And so then we like we're trying to think of iconic scenes. So the smoke circle, like when we're in our band room, it was uh, supposed to be like uh, that, that 70 show, that 70 show smoke circle. And then yeah. when it like 
jumps into like moments later, it was like a reference to SpongeBob. And we were like trying to think of different stoner references for this music video. And it all comes like right at the beginning. There's even the scene where it's it like shows like the grinder, the the joint, the lighter and the way that was all shot. That was influenced from Evil Dead. There's a really funny scene where it shows he's like making his arm thing. Um, So it was a lot. They do that a lot in film. Mm hmm. Yeah, quick shots, those quick shots. Um, what so, else? And then the Wizard of Oz part. Yeah, so so we live in a neighborhood called Humboldt Park. And um, Frank L. Baum, the person that wrote Wizard of Oz, lived in Humboldt Park when he wrote the book. And they believe that the city and the park itself had a big influence on it, that Chicago is known as the White City, and they call it Emerald City and Wizard of Oz. And they he lived right across the street from this really big, beautiful park. And they believe the yellow brick road and everything was set off this park. So the scene where there's a girl sitting by the lagoon and she opens the book, we had found the area of the park that we felt where that illustration was because they never changed for the hundred years. This park's been here. Like it's never been changed. It was all from the original design of even when he lived here. So that's where and when you look at the book's pictures, you're like, that looks like any park, but no, when you go to Humboldt and you see the spot, you're like, the lagoon and the plants and it's like okay this is it and so that was really cool to be able to add that and then um there was a we we shot at one intersection of st louis and chicago because i'm from near st louis and kristen's from chicago so uh that's where that scene kind of came into play when you see that she's giving the first piece of pizza she gives out and to like someone in the shadow um there was um my cousin i got my cousin on board <laughs> he was the one that flipped the coin to the person at the bus the person at the bus was a random person at the bus stop we're like hey do you want to be in our music video we can give you a piece of pizza and this whole time he's like am i being punked is this is, pranked is this a prank are you pranking me and i was like no we're very real you know because you're trying to say can you do you want some pizza do you want some money but we had this right. coin that he had to catch so he just yeah so i have a coin collection that's what it looks like i had collected um uh, currency ever since I was seven years old. My grandpa was in the military and he'd given me currency from different parts of the world. And when I was a little kid, that's what showed me that there was, you know, when I saw that there was a difference in currency, it showed me that there was a difference in governments and there's a difference in between, you know, we weren't all as one. I was kind of confused about that. And so I'd continue to collect currency. So there was, um, even when we're in the smoke shop, he pulls up, it was like an old, like $2 bill. Um, and then even in the song Dimes, we had used my, my old currency that um, using silver dimes when we took that recording. Sounds better. It was bright, almost ear fatigue. It's in a really rough area of um, the frequency chain that it can it really cuts right through. And it was something that it was it was a little tricky to work with, like act the sound of actual silver. But that coin that he flipped, it was like a coin from the early 1900s. Um, so that there was like these little tiny details no one would ever know, you know, and so I'm glad we're like actually talking about yeah, we it. We get to tell somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of our many 20 million inside jokes inside that music video. <laughs> yeah. So the so the whole thing was, you know, that Kristen goes out. Um, we get stoned. She goes to get munchies. She like gives out all the free pizza and even the person with that car. Um, and they're dancing. Those were random people we found. That's like, just how Humboldt Park is. I was I was really curious about that. I was going to ask, like, the guy with the car with the yeah, speakers, that... like, was he somebody you knew or just nope. somebody you came across? Someone they we... were. We that's every day is a sun. 
like we call Humble Park the park that is where it feels like every day is a Sunday. But on the real Sunday, that's how Humble Park is. Like people are just there drinking, smoking, chilling. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it's in an area this car like Jeep Wranglers come and meet up there like souped up Jeeps. I'm also a Jeep Wrangler person. I have yet to meet up, but I'm coming over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, souped up something. So we had just shot the scene where he flips the coin. And as we were driving by, there's this car and these speakers and it was so loud. Like as I was filming it, everything in me wanted to plug my ears because I'm like, this is ear damage. This is ear damage. This Mm -hmm. is ear damage. Like worth it. And it was, it was just such a great shot. And he like puts our, you know, sticker like on his car and he has just this really proud, happy look. Like he just is so happy. He was so proud of his car. And I know that feeling I'm all about super cars. Yeah. And then we went to Boys Town and we had shot um, the scene where it was the rainbow on the road. Um, since we're I found couple. a broom on the streets and I had the Heelys on. And so, like, it feels like um, paddle surfing, like yeah. street yeah. paddle surfing. If you guys ever want to do that out there <laughs> in the cannabis yeah. world, it, you can just get any broom. Doesn't matter. And then you just take the bike lane and go. It just, yeah, it was yourself. awesome. Yeah. Push yourself. Yeah. It was the greatest. And so we filmed it because I don't know. We found the broom the day of like, on the we sh- need to push this trend so hard that there's going to be uh, a Healy lane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bike lane, Healy lane, and then the sidewalk. Yeah. The right. center Healy lane. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what our plan was. We just went to Boys Town to just, well, I wanted to get the shot of the, you know, with the rainbow on the ground. Okay, obviously and then, she had the plan. So the whole thing was like, uh, you know, we'd, we'd shot yeah. And so there was the other point where the, the lyrics say, um, my mind's in slow motion, but the, my, my thoughts run deep. Um, um, What's the lyrics? Uh, <laughs> it's a stoner reference saying, you know, saying, my mind's, saying oh, there's a scene in smiley it's, face. It's 20 past four. Oh, it's smiley face. That, was that reminds me when she gets lost at the food table or something, or is this an SNL scene? I don't remember. But I love smiley face so that's much. Fa- that's I actually ever, the filming. Yeah. I've only ever known one other person who knew what that film was. And it was wow. my brother who told me about it. And you guys are the first ones that I've come across. Oh, yeah. oh we filmed Shady Beach according to that style. That, that And I was trying one to play long day. the Anna Ferris um, character. I love mm-hmm. it. Where yeah. you're really stoned. Yeah, where you're really day. high and you're just going about your day doing productive stuff. And the, the other thing was like, we wanted to show that like, um, if you put out good energy, whatever energy you put into the world, it's going to come back to you times three. So that's where it was like, she gives out a, a box of pizza ends up winning a hundred bags of flaming huts because I felt like with, with smiley face, I loved the production. I love when she's getting in her car and, and it's like everything. And she comes rolling out, you know, it's such a funny movie and she- how they started at the end in the beginning, like an endless loop. Yeah. That was the whole theme of the album. And they did the same theme. Of the with the movie, and we did the same thing in the music video. That's why we started with the flaming. Be- blah, 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 blah. I just wasn't cheers. really the biggest fan of how the movie ended. I loved, I loved that they started at the end. Why is she on a roller coaster? You know, and that's how we started. You know, the, the music video. The music video is like, why is Kristen in a tub full of flaming huts? You know, and that whole thing. But at the end, it it was like they made it where it was like she got in trouble for accidentally eating all the edibles, and then. She's now doing community service. And I just didn't like that ending. And I was like, no, I want I, I want to recreate this movie, but it's to have a positive ending. Yeah, but that's how you get the investors. 
Yeah. I mean, we're obviously not like Hollywood directors and, we, you know, but <laughs> Nada, I did the same thing. My, I made a song that was all about getting high in a car and that's, and then I made it where the person got into an accident. Yeah. That's oh. not, no, we need to change that. So, so that's what it was is like, we wanted it to be really good. We're congratulating Illinois. We finally did it. We're here. You know, it's legal, you know, let's get people out of prison. Let's, let's put a, you know, I'd seen that um, what was it? Um, Greenhouse Seeds. Um, he had said that he went to musicians like Snoop Dogg and Buster Rhymes and different people to have them promote his stuff. Like, here's my weed, promote it. And and I felt, you know, actually in that way, we can add a positive image of we are huge stoners. We we choose weed over alcohol, over anything. And we're very productive stoners. And I think that we need to show the world more of what a productive stoner looks like, mm -hmm. you know, that we get stuff done. We work really hard. We all do. Afro know? man, Afro man came out with a rebuttal to his own song, right? Cause it was, cause I got high, blah, 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 blah. I did a bunch of stupid stuff, but then he did mm -hmm. come out with, cause now we're being accepted here. We're all coming out of the closet with it. And um, he came out with a song that's positive things. Right. Because it was I got positive. High. Right. So we, we made shady beach for the, well, one, like we couldn't afford a beach cause we bought a Moog synthesizer and use our travel points for that instead of a beach. And that's how the original idea came. And then, um, oh man, the song was supposed to bring us to the beach. We'd, yeah. we'd saved up our travel points to go to Hawaii for an anniversary. Then we ended up buying a Moog on black Friday. And, and then we were like, okay, this song's going to take us to the beach. And we wanted it to have a, just an overall positive, like kind of yeah, the, we feel the album the is like, it's a mirror to society showing, Hey, this is how we treat each other. You know, we need to stop this. We, we need to stop this division. We have to unite. We can't, we, if we can't, if we keep fighting, we're never going to be able to unite. So that's where it was like, you know, with hollow showing, like, are you hollow inside? Like, you don't know the situation someone's in. You don't want to be that cherry on top of the worst day they've ever had. You know, each song, you know, with shady beach was like, it was to show like, let's be conscious of the energy we're putting into the world because it comes back to us. If you judge others, you everyone's going to judge you too. I mean, you know, feel it even if you don't know it, you feel it. So that's where it was with that, like right. you know, conscious of the energy we're putting out there, and then that's where you know, even with marijuana, we wanted to show like, no, it's fun. You know, it's it's you know, hemp and hops are in the same family. You know, they, and you know, I remember even if people are debating about that, regardless, we want to show a positive message behind the community. Yeah. It's not always, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of feel like with branding and how the media and stuff worked in the past, it wasn't conducive. But now, you know, we're just we're getting to the point where, you know, I have friends in my family who are in law enforcement, you know, and I want to show them, hey, you like me and I'm a huge stoner, you know, like let, we can be we sure. lead by example. We're yeah. big believers in that. And that was yeah. your long answer to your question that I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> Where's the choice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no, that's awesome. And I, I really appreciate that from you guys that you are, um, you know, trying to promote that unity and to show people like, you know, we're not all bad people. You're trying to break that stigma because, you know, we're over here trying to do that as well. So it's, it's always mm -hmm. great to, um, talk to people who feel that way about cannabis that they can break the stigma i really appreciate yeah. that I, I liken it a lot oh hey thank you thank you so much yeah um 
we just try to, uh, you know, part, part of it is talking about cannabis and, you know, a lot, a lot of other topics, you know, we talk about, we were talking about policing the other day. We've been talking about policing a lot. It's kind of a really crazy subject, you know, but uh, we try to just not only talk about all of these subjects because they affect us all in some way or another, but like also give platforms to artists like you, you know? And so, um, because, and we've had like comedians on as well. So we wanted to try to branch out with like music. And um, I just think like it all goes hand in hand, you know, it's like, it's life. We kind of go, go everywhere with it. And um, I wanted to say, uh, darn, I forgot. I I'm, I'm high and I forgot. So Justine, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I know that you, um, Kristen, you were interested to kind of discuss um, the some various grow methods. I, you've mentioned a couple times here that you guys have grown your own. So, I actually remembered what I wanted to say. Really, <laughs> cool. I think that music is like um, it's a the perfect platform for unity because like you turn it on and the beat gets to going, and then the words come out and you're singing them and you're going along with it. And then when you actually, I don't know about like folks that are listening, but when I listen to music a lot, I look up the lyrics and I try to, and I like that this is the conversation we're having now. Cause now people like know the depth of those lyrics. Cause sometimes things just sound good, but then when you know, they have like, it also has a good meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. It like adds a whole other layer of energy to the song. So I just wanted to say that what an awesome, like, I get, I don't even know. It's like a form of media to kind of pass those messages and it's mm-hmm. it's a way that like is ubiquitous because like sometimes you know when you try to reach out to certain people through certain forms of media like you know especially now as divisive of a, of a time as it is like some platforms people choose not to and you know like listen to for one reason or another but like spotify uh vivo you know all the platforms you guys are available on i mean it's music people are pretty ever like i feel like everybody will listen to music you, you know what i mean like so and give it a chance so especially stoners we've <laughs> got a saying uh music is a universal language which makes yeah. sense because nature is mathematical and music is very mathematical so we can all comprehend and have a common ground there and all ride the same wave and to top it off with waves tesla what does he say if if you think of life in general um, if you want to understand the universe you have to think about it in energy frequency and vibration right and that's music Mm -hmm. but this album speaking of lyrics was i guess she was coming out of the closet with vocals and i was coming out of the closet with writing words yeah kristen did most of the lyric writing i I, you know we would we would discuss what we want the song to to be she would write a lot of it out and then I would make sure it was like articulated right and with syllables and I'd found that it's actually really positive being a drummer first as a vocalist because I would it gives me a little bit more insight of how to get these syllables in and a beat wise because we Uh, were two different brains on the beat and the melody and the syllable count everything you know we had to really like uh like I would write stuff and mind you I have anxiety from writing because I didn't even like, like, oh, I didn't even almost finish school because of my anxiety and writing, you know, it was like that kid that just like rather do math, like more than anything, math problems. And you just, I'll just 
just get away with not writing any essays. I'll take that. That's why I did audio in the first place. Like, well, I don't think they write papers there. So that's like a guarantee of no writing. I want to do that. Yeah. And, and, you know, another thing is like, you know, I, I find beautiful to, to think about when it comes to marijuana and music is marijuana is deeply rooted in music, especially American music. Um, you know, when you, a lot of times when they try to put a bad stigma on marijuana, it had to deal with the issues they're having with Mexico and the issues they're having with jazz musicians and, you know, kind of having that deep history, you know, I, there was this tool song and it starts off with Bill Hicks and, and it, what's awesome is I, I love Bill Hicks. I think he's hilarious. And he made this, there was this uh, comedy sketch. If you ever, if you ever get a chance, watch his revolution revelations tour, yeah. it was right before he had passed everything he's talking about in 1993 is still a problem. Um, and he really says it as it is. And the one thing he says, it's so funny. And he was like, you know, for all of you out there, you know, pretty much, you know, he was pro marijuana and he had, you know, said that, you know, you know, the war against drugs and, you know, you know, then go ahead and go and throw away all those inspirational albums that you have, because you know, right. that all those musicians were super high, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's where it's, it's very true, you know, to have like, the one thing is that is, you know, most times every studio, every engineer we talk to, you know, a lot of times the engineers aren't big stoners, but the musicians always are. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, it's just a thing, you know, most musicians come with a cloud of smoke and you just get used to the smell. Well, get used to the smell, they say. Yeah, that's how you can tell a real stoner, you know, especially with a lot of these new companies and stuff that are coming up when they say they're getting used to the smells like, well, you're definitely in it for the money then. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you should love the the stink that you know that the smell of that skunky stink, terpene profile. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love the aroma of cannabis. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And what's interesting is like we were talking about this yesterday. Was you know I feel like I am more addicted to coffee, you know, or any anything else, you know, that you we could you could stop smoking weed at any point you're going to miss rolling it and smelling it and touching it and the feeling of it and all of that. But there really is no addiction like what alcohol and caffeine and, you know, these things, I think they say that weed is a depressant, um, which falls in the alcohol category, you know, but I still don't believe that there's addictive properties like every other substance there is out there has. Yeah. I honestly shoot for like, we were talking about that the the other day. I think that cannabis is as normal as coffee and it goes quite well with coffee if i might say so myself yeah <laughs> but I mean, not have, necessarily smoking you know we have cannabinoid yeah. receptors like why do there we have cannab- cannabinoid yeah. receptors if we aren't supposed to process cannabis you know yeah. absolutely absolutely the body makes natural cannabinoids so you've got an endocannabinoid system so yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what are you some of your guys' favorite ways to ingest cannabis since you brought up the can of butter. The butter? Well, I do like butter in my soup that we made this one time. Uh, <laughs> um, um, my favorite ways, I actually don't do it as often. I It's like always in my head, like, oh, I'm going to get my, you know, uh, cocoa oil or my coconut oil and then put it in my coffee and then never end up doing it. I always go back to, I think it's because I stopped smoking Newports that I now am doing lots of joints that look exactly like cigarettes and I prefer it that way because of that habit, old habit Um, with the accident, like the doctors giving me, don't come back to this hospital until you stop smoking cigarettes. 
Um, that's when I stopped smoking cigarettes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't say it exactly. Well, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Because I do love me some Newports. I just not one right now. But anyway, <laughs> the, the 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 craving never goes away. Um, but I did replace it with like lighter THC stuff. I'm probably going to progress into just straight CBD um, in the whole habit smoking part. Um, then hopefully nothing at all. See, I'm talking about habits. It's really I have, you know, it's it's I don't think it's rooted from marijuana. I do think it's just the habit. You know, yeah, and no, that's why I'm not intaking in any other way besides my little rolled up joints. Right. You know, we smoke a lot of joints. That's probably we definitely run to flour first. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly, you know, really not the biggest fan of edibles. Um, I know it sounds weird. It's just that I. But she's the one that makes it all. And I can barely I barely know how to make eggs. I, you know, I do. I love to I love to think about creative ways of, um, you know, I'd made one year for Christmas candy canes, like infused candy canes and then different hard candies. And then we recently made these like um, fruit by the foot type you know, with a bunch of Keith and we've done it with straight flour, straight trim, like a mix. Like I just, I would say the only time I had the best time with edibles was this one honey pot jar we got in California. in California and it had to have been some, I don't know. It was just like a giggly, um, kind of, it was very strong. It, it could have been that it was like, I do want to make a, a, I do want to make a honey edible. You could literally just put like a infused coconut oil and honey and blend it together. The thing that I find is um, I'm a true believer that I believe that edibles should be indicas. Um, there was a point where I had made a pure sativa edible. And as I was cooking, I would, you know, before I throw something in the sink, I would like lick it. And I, it literally like I ingested too much. <laughs> And it turned into almost like a psychedelic experience. I've never had that off in the edible. And I really feel that that comes from sativa edibles. Like it literally, like I w- was convinced that if I imagined nothing, that everything was going to disappear. Like I was, I've never you know, been. Edibles is, that, can, is that Picasso? Everything you can imagine is real. Yeah. That quote edibles from- can definitely get to that level of like to where it, psychedelic. I can see why cannabis could be considered a psychedelic at that level for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, and I believe it has something to do with it, with sativas and edibles. So I feel like when I try to make edibles, like a lot of times when I eat an edible, it's that, you know, where I know I'm going to be chilling for the night. I'm going to watch a movie or play some video games or something. I'm not really like, and then eat out an of nowhere, work. your eyes will be so heavy that it's you're done. <laughs> yeah. So that's where like, when it comes to work, you know, it's definitely smoking flour or I have a little packs like vaporizer I try to use. Um, and, and, but I, I don't believe I could get work done if I was eating edibles. Like, but one of our first, first dates ever, she goes, this is the first time we ever hung out like outside of the Clizzub. And it was, um, Desiree say, Hey, what's your favorite thing to smoke out of a bong? Okay. I have one at my house. Yeah. And that's where like our whole relationship, that's how we started hanging out because we both love smoking bongs. Yeah. And I was like, well, let's, let's smoke a bong. And you know, she just bought a new bong. Yeah. It's got a really nice new bong. And yeah, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. It was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, and what's interesting too, is like with the house community, um, I don't believe it's a community of stoners, you know, when it comes to music, when you think about music and marijuana, you, a lot of people would run to hip hop, reggae, and jazz, you know, and house music doesn't really fit in. I think that 
electronic music kind of gets a reputation that it's like ecstasy music and all that. But a, a lot of the older househeads, they're like sober. They just they go to get high off the music and dance. It's the large speakers. That's what it is. That's the problem. I know one picks all the hardware and the analog stuff anymore is because it's only being listened to in the headphones and they don't like chest. Who cares? Yeah, you know, so it'll hit the stomach, but then it just like it's too low. Yeah, like it needs to be a certain mid-low thing. There's a mentality that um, it's house music. It's a spiritual thing. It's a body thing. It's a mind yeah. thing. And because churches put that low sub frequency that you can't hear, but you can only hear, um, only feel, and they do it so that you can feel like you're feeling, you know, spiritual. In but, college, Chris and I do sound design with the teacher with where they did put in with churches. Yeah, and they're putting these sub low frequencies that you can't. Mm-hmm here you can only feel right or you can just get a moog synthesizer and put some nice sub low frequencies and it'll feel churchy (laughs) spiritual in other words yeah it's crazy i mean there's even studies you can do scientific studies on um how plants react to frequencies in sound you know um they've done tests with classical music metal music uh sometimes people even think it's just the air pushing the um roots kind of like wind uh, you know, like just the air pressure or not the air pressure, but just the sound pressure, you know, kind of like how a subwoofer would shake your bed a little. Um, <clears throat> we used to leave a, mystery, a classical but... music station playing um, in, the, with the girls. in the girls room. <laughs> just to see. I have no idea. I have no tests or data on that, but um, just fun. You know, I had an extra yeah. little radio. <laughs> I might as well plug her in, play some Cole music. sings to his plants, so oh. it, it all makes sense. He gently um, serenades them. There's a lot of weird research, too, if you want to get conspiracy. I have to say it slow in ASMR style. Sounds better. But um, you, there's like a different tuning that doesn't exist anymore, probably because of the conspiracy that the government. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to slow it down so everybody Googles this, too. So that the government um, changes our universal tuning are um you know we're all out of tune human beings being all messed up right because we're kind of messed up right now in this world let me just put it out there and we've been messed up for a hot minute we probably don't even belong here who knows but another reason could be is that we're detuned the government has been detuning us for centuries since like the early 1400s or maybe witches who knows and um our musical scale should be like starting with a 432 instead of a 440 and then it and then yeah um and then uh it goes with there's a there's a really interesting documentary if you're um would like to nerd out on some sound it's called uh sonic geom geo- geometry yeah sonic geometry and, and look on up YouTube. sulfatial frequencies too yeah and so that's where it's like you know there's what nothing was that second one sulfatial frequencies um because sulfatio. nature is sulfatial frequencies um I sulfatio. yeah see i I'm so I don't even I've only seen it in the Google world, but it's S O L and then it looks like something Italian. I don't know. Okay. I think I think based off of that, oh, people will be able to Google. I just wanted to make sure people will be able to do their we always just try yeah. to whenever we talk, people will do their I'm, own research, you know. I'm the worst because we're I only talked to Reddit about this. It's okay. <laughs> Reddit and Google is the only people anyways though, you're saying. Yeah. Um, but nature, like these are great test if you want to you know if you have oscillators out there and plants that you could do this and and you could output certain frequencies and a certain type of spectrum of frequencies that fall into a spectrum that works like kind of like how a snail is shaped like 
it starts um, big or starts small and gets, you know, smaller or opposite at the very end and into a circle and into an endless loop. And then now you're on, now it looks like what you see on psychedelics, you know, fractals. What's interesting is, you know, what I find fascinating is they've actually been able to record plants and plants are actually communicating with one another and they actually are producing frequencies they are just outside of our hearing range. There's a symphony going on around us. We just can't hear or see or feel it because even our eyesight, you know, 2020 art, we hear 20 Hertz, 20,000 kilohertz, you know, you where our frequency ranges are. And, and I do believe like these plants are adding a frequency, like, you know, they're, they're emitting, you know, and that's where, you know, the thing is that I'd found with home growers, you know, it's been doing it for a long time. You know, it was the biggest thing is, you know, it's really hard to find like pure organic, you know, where, you know, every part that goes into it, you know, the soil's good, you know, the nutrients are good, you know, everything is going into it and you just love this plant and, and show appreciation for it. And I truly believe the plant grows better when you have a deep love for it, because when you neglect it, love frequency, you're literally outputting it from your pineal, pineal gland. And it's shooting a good health juice laser. <laughs> it's kind of like, I believe that thoughts are frequency. When you love something. And so there, there was this doctor, his name was a Dr. Emoto out of Japan. And he took these samples where he would take water and he would put thoughts or talk to it. And he would say, I love you. And he'd freeze it. And one night say, I hate you. And he'd freeze it. And then he would do it where he would think it. And then he would take photos of, through a microscope and show that the, the, I love you look like perfect snowflakes when it froze that I hate you looked like lava, you know, and, crooked and bent and messed up. So that's where, you know, I believe that, you know, I'm a big believer of, um, I I'll smoke on it. Like if, if something happens and it's traumatic or n- negative, I'll sit back and I'll smoke and I'll let it bring me to a peaceful place before I need to make any decision. Um, you know, because it, it helps with, I believe our mind's frequency and it, it helps us stay in a good place. You know, some people who maybe have like the anxiety and depression, you know, should maybe stay away from sativas and stick more to indicas, you know, um, some people feel that indicas can give them a little bit of paranoia. Well, then maybe run to sativas. Like when you find out what's good for your body, you know, and that's what I believe that sativas work so well with my own personal body and my own brain that, to make sure that we're constantly putting out positive energy frequencies, you know, and being careful of what we're thinking. And, um, and, you know, and I, and I, do, I do believe that when you, you know, when you sing to your plants, you know, for one, you're re- releasing serotonin um, there, they've, they found in studies that when you actually sing, if you sing around the house, it's, it's just really good for your mental state. Even if you don't believe you're good at it, just try to do it because it's just really good for you. And the plants like eat up that CO2, you know, Marijuana I'd found produces more oxygen than like three times more oxygen than most plants. What I found really fascinating about this was I think that they actually release oxygen while sun and moon, like the lights don't just have to be on the amount of oxygen that they're producing. And I thought, isn't it so weird that we're having issues with CO2 and each person is, you know, quote unquote, leaving at least five tons of CO2 on this planet a year. They force all the plants that eat the shit out of that co2 and produce so much oxygen to go be grown indoors like that just blows my mind like we could because of we the can, legality yeah like it could literally save the world like with our co2 issues and like what you know what they're saying with methane gases and you know our carbon footprint we're leaving behind it was like well if we allow fields of these to be grown i mean this can be wood for homes like 
it has such a quick turnover, you know, right, something right. that fruits in three months, you know, it's like, I truly believe in this plant. I really think that this plant can really help this planet. We just need to stop fighting it and let it be, you know, cause I think Bill Hicks, or it was like George Carlin said, you know, on day seven, when God made the whole universe, he was like, oh shit, what is that plant? It's everywhere. Oh, I've made a mistake. You know, it's <laughs> nature doesn't make mistakes. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm stoned and I get off in my weird. No, hey, that's <laughs> seriously, I, I love it. <laughs> and so that this is what podcasting is all about long form mm -hmm. conversation and stuff like this. So, yeah. Uh, cheers. I see you guys are still blowing down. I think we need to roll us another joint. Justine, you uh, got another question while I roll up? Oh, um, yeah. What made each of you want to try cannabis for the first time? Who wants oh. to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay. My, uh, my parents were never against it. My mom told me that you know, she had the mentality, if you're going to drink or you're going to smoke, you're, you know, I want you to do it here. I know, you know, you're in a protective space. Um, my dad was a grower like way back in the day, I guess, when we were little kids. And, um, and I guess there's this story that um, my mom and her like best friend, we were like little, like little kids. And my dad had a bunch of like freshly sprouted plants and we were really quiet in the kitchen and she walked in and like it, everything was destroyed. Um, but it was, uh, you know, so my, my parents were kind of like older hippies, um, and then they got divorced and, um, and, you know, I'm sure he's probably cultivating somewhere to this day. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in like a decade. Um, but, uh, so I, I end up stealing some really shitty yellow weed that my mom just had in the store forever and got my neighbor and was like, Hey, you want to try smoking weed for the first time? And I didn't feel it because I think it was just some, you know, really bad weed that you don't smoke and it just gets thrown in a drawer somewhere for years. And, um, and then there was, I don't know. I just, um, I started smoking, I think when I was 13. Um, and then I just loved, I was an athlete growing up and I loved smoking weed and going to track meets. Um, and it was just like, I really like to get high before working out. I still do. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, there's just nothing better than working out stone. So I felt like it helped me with sports in high school. It kind of slows down. That's where that scene in shady beach, um, like the world's in slow motion, but my to, thoughts run, my deep. thoughts run deep or Your kind of thoughts are running way too fast. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I believe that like marijuana always helped me with school and, um, instruments and yeah, it, it gives me the perception that time is slowing down. Um, and I can look at things and work like, better. What's that character? Magneto's son, Quicksilver. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Get stuff done in a precise, perfect way yeah. when everything slows down. But I think my, my start was, um, having a neighbor and then it turned in from one neighbor to a girlfriend and then the girlfriend and the neighbor and then another friend and then another friend and this friend and that friend. Um, uh, but yeah, and then that's how the progression and frequency started accumulating. Like, okay, so when I was in, like maybe when I was 20, I was, I would consume maybe an eighth a month, you know, and I would only, it would depend on how often I went to the club. I use it as like a dancing enhancement. <laughs> yeah. And also a cheap man's, um, 
way of not spending too much money at the club because <laughs> you mm-hmm. walk in there high you're most likely not going to drink too much and i drove there so i didn't try to you know drink and drive home so when i would get um i would i would go to, I, I guess i started for the very first time those through film because i used to be a filmaholic too and then i realized i just want to be in front of the camera instead of behind the camera but i also like being behind the camera so then i didn't know what to do um then i went to audio <laughs> <laughs> And then so I would start all these little movies when I was like, this is when I was 15, I think I started smoking. And then when I would get really high with my neighbor friend, I had this camcorder and I would just film everything. And I would film all these movies like we call it Bloody Cyborg. I also did real world episodes. I did um, uh, Matrix. <laughs> um, yeah, all with gravity bombs. Nice. Yep, that was my first experiences <laughs> with gravity bombs, too. So it was <laughs> Jeez, it was like dabbing for me. <laughs> Dabbing's really tough for me. <laughs> yeah, what did yeah. you all smoke out of your first time? Uh, my first time was out of a pop can because that's oh, class. class. <laughs> we had nothing else. I was hanging out with some older kids and uh, they were like, hey, you want to get high? I'll show you how to make a a bowl out of a pop can and we can just smoke it right here and i was like sure i want to be cool so let's do it and it was awful <laughs> i don't even think i got high off of it but oh <laughs> we're but gonna find out cool. the effects of smoking out of aluminum i feel later yeah. in life <laughs> well we don't have any offspring they would probably take care of that effects for us <laughs> <laughs> what about you cole um i think the first time i smoked was uh, out of a joint i don't think i got high um i don't know why um but the th- the first time i actually got high was out of a blunt so um it was a very interesting experience um that i don't think i will ever forget <laughs> so have yeah. you guys gotten into much of the dabbing world lately or oh yeah yeah we uh we don't dab often but we do we do dab from time to time um i think we've got some like champagne know, yeah yeah it's just like a <laughs> something we break out every once in a while um uh, i think though you know we saw that i'm not even going to plug their name because i don't want to like advertise people that don't help us out but one of the smart rigs let's say um just recently dropped their price to like it used to be a 400 dollar you know dab rig but now it's like 250 bucks which is like still way too expensive but it's just like okay you know i'm starting to think about it you know because i i want to get rid of the whole torch you know setup where you get the torch and it scares people oh, and everything it does and little do they know it's like it's not you're not trying to get crazy you're just trying to right better, but this these new uh electronic devices like i feel like my grandma wouldn't think twice if i just like walked by her like just inhaling out of this thing because it doesn't look like uh a, it, it, it like I, and I pitched it to somebody else. They, they agreed with me. They were like, yeah, it doesn't look like a marijuana smoking device. It looks like if anything, just like a, you know, like a exaggerated vaporizer because <laughs> yeah. it's got the bubbler piece to it. But uh, yeah, such a futuristic look that uh, uh, much in contrast to the cracky look of a dab, dab rig, you know what I mean? A dab rig can look pretty scary to some people. So. That or uh, nectar collector honey straw; those are pretty crack pipe looking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Apparatuses to use. 
Yeah. I, I remember when I was in college, I, uh, I had a, I had a bowl and there was this guy and he was just like, is that a crack pipe? You know, cause <laughs> he was only used to smoking blunts. And if he had ever seen anyone smoke out of uh, paraphernalia, he had sure, associated sure. it with like a harder drug. Right. And, uh, and it's really interesting. You know, I, I, I do believe that we should, um, be conscious over, you know, how people perceive, um, what we're smoking out of and to like, keep pushing that this is not bad. You know, like, I really think edibles are a big way of helping people understand, you know, they'll, they'll try an edible. And it hits people differently. I mean, it doesn't hit me as fun as it does for others. I feel like all my non-smoking friends, they have the best time on edibles. And then I am a smoker and I don't, I like just pass out. That's it. Even if it's a Steva sometimes, <laughs> I have no idea, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, edibles, like, um, I guess it is a really super fun way. I mean, I want to experiment more with um, pasta. Yeah. Yeah. Because I bet, you know, you're like going into your pH of your stomach and everything and your own acidity and alkalinity. And a lot of people have different, you know, like no one's ever done tests of that. Like eat this edible from this person in this, in this, you know, probiotic state, (laughs) you know, it's, it's like, I have a very machine stomach. Desiree has a sensitive stomach and the the way we ingest is it's just so unpredictable. Edibles is tough. One one time for 420, we uh, we 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 paint. We had had this whole day, and we put a bunch of graffiti on in this room in um, our apartment at the time. And then we like I made a bunch of olive oil, infused olive oil. So I had made a, a oil and vinegar salad with it, and then we made a pasta where you like you put the oil on right before the end. And we had this just whole weed meal, and it was like so the awesome. Best. Um, and now my mom had just told me, she was like, oh, there's like some show where they show like, you know, they're making all types of stuff like lamb and all types of stuff with like weed. And it was like, I love to, I'm really excited to see what can come like when restaurants start to be able to adapt this to their menus. Uh, we recently went to, um, a, our first coffee shop up here and, you know, was able to try like infused coffee. Yeah. yeah it was, all did restaurant? you guys go to the is it the wake and bakery yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh you can get like a 30 milligram or a 60 milligram or 90 uh in your cup and or you can only get cbd in your cup no thc you can just have a think... coffee our buddy ate in uh like a muffin and a, the highest dose of coffee and they were good for a whole so... day for me i had a 60 milligram and um, I'm kind of a high tolerance, so I don't think I felt anything significant. I even I did forget about my coffee though. For I don't know, I always slow drink, so I'm a slow drinker. <laughs> yeah, we accidentally got dairy in mine. No, I messed Ooh. up. I'm a and, bad girlfriend, and I am lactose intolerant, so I actually couldn't finish my coffee. I know I got I was in so the scared car. To drink I my bad. It was like a dollar extra, and I forgot my cash. I only had exactly thirty dollars, and whatever I have in the for the toll might change. <laughs> yeah, was it like twenty dollars a coffee or something? Fifteen uh, ish. I don't know. It was, you know, quite enough for me to go want to go research and how to do it myself. Right. I think. Yeah, if you were just to put coconut oil, you know, they'd even talked about if you put coconut oil or a fat in your coffee, like a butter, 
It's supposed to um, slow down the caffeine crash later in the day. Um, your body's supposed to absorb it and disperse it better. Um, so that's like what I would assume. But, you I know, just, maybe it was a tincture form. Did you see how they put it in? Oh, no, I was too busy looking at my phone, taking <laughs> pictures, taking pictures when you're not supposed to take pictures for my personal use. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's pretty amazing, yeah, to think of all the different things that can that can be infused and how people are doing it. I mean, I've been to a couple of dinners hosted by Herbal Notes up in Chicago, and if you haven't heard of them, um, it's just this little. It's um, the head chef Manny. He was actually on a Netflix show recently um, about some cannabis cooking competition show it's called cooked on cannabis yes cool um but he does these dinners and um you have to buy tickets well in advance but the last time we went they had caldos and um Mm. infused sauce that they put on top of the caldos and they had um infused aguas frescas to drink as well and they always have just super creative uh menu items i think the first one that I went to, they had teamed up with Rye Pritchard from Bong Appetit. Um, he's the guy who kind of knows the science and does most of the picking out of the terpenes and um, talks about all the science around it. And I mean, it's incredible. They offer all kinds of from ice cream to meats to sauces, everything infused. It's pretty amazing i'd be interested to learn more about the science of that as well yeah and you know speaking of looking up the sciences like i don't i couldn't find much stuff on eating the roots of the plants because i've heard in this one article that the ancients and i don't know probably making this up because i can't remember much what i read but these days but it is a, a thing that the roots are extremely healthy used in early civilizations and there's not enough research on it but it does say it's supposed to help your liver pretty well um uh and you know every vitamin out there i bet you it helps um the roots are usually that way for any other plant you know um ginger root super healthy uh i don't know how to prepare it that's why i'm confused i've heard you're supposed to boil it and of course yeah, you know it's i like- saw something where a girl was um having seizures and she was talking about how we are supposed to ingest the entire plant and and i'm pretty sure she said she used the the root the stems everything fresh and would juice it um, before or it make died. Smoothies. So before it turned uh, started turning into the mm-hmm. and was ingesting it fresh, and she had found that that helped her the most with preventing seizures. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see anyone doing root recipes. Oh, challenge, <laughs> cooking challenge out there, world. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Actually, it tastes like alfalfa, so I'll, I'll give us give away the uh, secret there. If you ever got, if you guys ever chew on some of those roots, tastes like alfalfa. Yeah, it tastes like I love alfalfa. I, I, that's the only reason I eat those turkey toms. But yeah. <laughs> you just, just gotta be careful because sometimes that alfalfa turns on you. <laughs> Jimmy John's they get bad batches. <laughs> I know that's why I'm trying to use the roots because I did hear about that. And about the other things, you know, with the company. Yeah. Um, yeah. I try I try to be a conscious consumer, you know, 
that's another reason why we love podcasting too. It's like it, this is a really good way and network to let the world know who you are and, and support others who are, who are like-minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, I mean, that, that about sums it up on my questions. Cole, what you got? Um, so you were talking about growing. When did you, so you guys have been looking into growing for quite some time. It sounds like you were watching, uh, what, what's his name again? So, Jorge Jorge yeah. Jorge yeah. Cervantes. Yeah. So what happened was I had to do a, um, I had a, I had a course in college and it, I think it was a finance course and they had us realistically write down what are your monthly finances? Um, like from how much money you're making to like literally every little thing you buy, you know, if you buy a candy bar at a store, like you smoke cigarettes, you know, how much alcohol and really budget your life. And so when I went and did it, I was like, wow, I'm spending $60 a week on weed. And that's like just under 3000 a year. And and a lot of times, you know, we're in, at that time in Chicago, it was really hard to find sativas. There was just all indicas. So we had ordered some seeds and, and it was just for our own personal, you know, that um, the more that we researched it, we started to see that there was things like this product called Purple Max that was supposed to bring the color out of the weed um, if right. it was color changing. But then they'd found that there was a lot of heavy metals and um, it was like carcinogenic. Mercury, yeah, all that. There wasn't really an FDA on a lot of stuff. So we, when we, when Colorado um, first went recreational, we went to that first cannabis cup, and it was amazing. When we were there for the rec, we had stopped into a dispensary, and it was, um, and they were like growing on site. And we had asked them, you know, well, you know, what kind of nutrients are you using, and all that, and they're like, oh, we just use like whatever's given to us for free. And we're like, have you looked at oh, well. nutrients? You know, I even emailed Revolution <laughs> recently, like twice, sent the hit the resend button. And um, I just wouldn't answer my question. I was like, so what you guys put in there? What's what's going on? What's how's your nutrients? What's going on in the nutrients? <laughs> I don't see right. why you would hide that unless you're hiding something, because, you know, say that you make beer and you see They're ignoring me. They still have yet to answer. They're, yeah. They've ghosted me. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I just find it odd, like that. You know, if say that you're Anheuser Busch and you're making beer, and you don't want to release your recipe because you're like secretly hiding that you're using corn instead of malt and GMO corn. You know, so that's where I'm kind of like, you know, I feel like we should be that much more transparent. You know, and so because we were talking, planning to talk to y'all today, we went to our first Illinois dispensary yesterday, and oh wow, when, when we went. Um, you know, because we knew the taxes and everything were really high. We'd, we'd been keeping yeah. up with seeing how the grows were and seeing the spider mites and the new nitrogen deficiencies. And, um, you know, it was just, and, and I asked, you know, well, what, you know, what are the new, are, are the, are the cultivators giving you a sheet of paper that shows everything that goes into the plant? Because I think these are really great selling points. If you're saying you're using molasses at the very end to help blow up the sugars, whatever, you know, I mean, that is natural, you know, why don't. If you're using bat guano, great. Cool. Like, you know, I don't see why you would hide Nobody this knows. information. Nobody. It's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're I, very tight lipped about it. Yeah. And I could tell like the, the, you know, bud tinder just kept trying to like change the subject. Oh, well it's, it shows the terpenes on the back and we're like, yeah. And, and another thing we were kind of talking about was like, you know, he was talking about how Illinois is the one state that, you know, everything has to be tested and regulated and all that. And we're like, I know that they're testing for pesticides, but are they testing for pests? 
what if this plant is loaded full of spider mites? You know, the spider mites jump into the buds and hide at the very end, you know? Um, and when you cut it all down, so that's where, you know, I feel like if we're going to enter that world of like, you know, regulation and a lot of testing, I'd like to see pests being tested. And And even if it's probably not all that bad, but the point is, it's like, kind of like when you buy body lotion these days, you look at the ingredients and you're like, what? WTF? 53 ingredients in this? So So Desiree started making her own stuff. And then ever since she started making her own stuff with like three simple ingredients, like, I don't even know if we're calling it a pores. So we're no experts here. We could be because oil-based, but who knows? But anyway, I've noticed just from my uneducated self and my skin, my dry skin, that it soaks up better. It lasts longer, harder, better, faster, stronger is what it is. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like that body lotion we buy at the stores, it's like just drinking it. Like, man, it's like alcohol. It's like, when did my elbows get so thirsty? They are just so (laughs) on this body lotion stuff. And like, it's what it's like, I just want to know what that really long word is. I can look it up. Cool. But um, it's just, there's, you just want to have something to read anything. Give me something. It's kind of like Dasani water. And then puts... Let me research it. Cause not all chemicals are bad. Like uh, chemicals technically are magnesium, right? Zinc. And right. that's synthetic. And that's, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, there's lots of chemical things that are not bad. We're not against chemical blah, 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 but it's just the transparency that we're against. Yeah, the thing I is, like it's not I do Go think ahead. about is like, you know, pretty much everything that is chemical technically came from an organic base everything came from this planet everything we have came from it you know um but that's where i would i would like to see a little bit more transparency you know because i'm noticing we're calling it the covid weed that like we'll run into batches that it looks looks beautiful beautiful. like the best you've ever seen you know and sometimes the smell isn't there and then when there's zero taste and we're like whoa you know why can't but it burns clear it's flush. Yeah, it's it, it's burning gray. The ashes are gray. You can tell it's flushed. It's it's good. It's like, but there's something missing that you know. That's that that's why we went the route we did because you know to be a true connoisseur, you know, having a home brewed all grain beer is way better than most beers you're gonna find at a store. Um, and that's what we had found that like when you really think about what's going into your nutrients, your water chemistry, you know. Um, I actually, one thing I'm really interested in is I had seen a, um, a video with DJ short who made blueberry, um, that he was talking about. He puts his plants on a, when it's in flowering on 11 hours of darkness and 13 hours of light, because the plant is not confused it being 12, 12. And he said that it pulls out phenotype properties in the plants, which I'm super interested in checking out because you know, yeah. I mean, he's been in the game for a long time and he knows very he's much all knows. about terpene profile. I mean, he's like Mr. Blueberry. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> he follows the moon cycles and we'll get um, that farmer's almanac and was kind of upset that there was no farmer's almanac in 2020 and felt lost, you know, and it was it was like, you know, having being the one with nature in that way that, you know, chop on full moons. Another thing he said is he chops in the dark. Um, he doesn't chop when they're when the lights are on. Um, I found that to be pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. I wonder if they know. Yeah, because there was like things of like, um, you know, they had done these recordings on plants and they had they had what, what it looked like is like when you're you know, when you're in the hospital and they'll put those like adhesive things on your chest before you yeah, go into yeah. surgery or something. 
it was kind of like these contact mics in that way on these plants and they were releasing vibrations and it was, so they would bring it into the octaves of which we can hear. And they killed a plant next to another plant. And they'd felt they'd found that the plant actually released a different vibration than what it had prior. And they think that it was a sad vibration. Like it knew that its buddy died. And I wondered, you know, kind of hearing low frequency to be mm -hmm, exact. When DJ Short had said he cuts them when they're asleep, I wondered then was like, I wonder if it's that communication because it found that trees communicate through mycelium. You know, there's parks out it's, in Oregon that the entire park is one massive thing of mycelium of a, you know, kind of mushroom. Like these plants communicate. There's a, a, a mother plant neck that just has left some sprouts and then has some baby plants growing in the soil next door like right next to it it's you know similar rooting system they can actually talk to each other if the mycelium is all connected it can bring nutrients over to its baby plants not crazy just that is that fucking out. crazy it's yeah. crazy how it's all uh, the internet for plants harmonious mycelium mm -hmm. it, it made me want to eat more mushrooms like oh man are we missing something here like a lot of i don't i didn't grow up with mushroom dishes at all so i've been yeah. trying to get into the mycology thing too and growing like trumpet mushrooms all these different genetics morels morels oh morels are just delicious absolutely delicious. <laughs> absolutely yeah um yeah growing has been such a um therapeutic experience for me especially in like covid times like it's something else for me to care for and like you say i feel like it's like a uh back and forth relationship between me and the plants you know mm -hmm. what i mean and um i didn't even think about the fact that you know like i my grow room is like te technically in my work from home office and so I'm sure that's why, like, I always feel so good while I'm at work. I've got that, that oxid, like abundance of oxygen and everything else, you know, floating around and all those vibes too. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, I mean, they said that in, um, in casinos, they release fresh oxygen because it wakes you up, you know? So it's like, I just, I, you know, there's, there's certain plants that produce a lot of oxygen. I think, um, the Chinese evergreen is another one. We made sure to grow that in our house to like increase our oxygen levels. Oxygen body is cancer free, everything free, COVID for everybody, anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I need an oxygenated body. Mm -hmm. Got to take deep breaths if you're not, you know, if you're just hanging out. They'd even yeah. found that a lot of times, like in your people's homes, are the most toxic air that they could breathe. I mean, um, some a lot of times people are living in mold; they don't even know it. You know, because no one buys that. No one buys a twenty dollars HVAC filter, just the three dollars. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, it, I feel like, you know, even, you know, kind of forcing us to put in a water filter to take out the chlorine and chloramine, you know, and, and right. it's, like, well, it's even better for us not to be drinking that either, you know, like kind of, yeah. it's been banned in many countries. Why are it's we It's kind of funny. I, I drink or my plants get better water than I yeah. typically drink. <laughs> um, I give my plants RO water, you know, and, and okay. add CalMag afterwards and then nutrients if needed. Um, but I'll, I'm still, I still will drink uh, water right out of the tap. Just it's like, it's, it's interesting, but I have been coming around. Justine um, drinks RO water exclusively. So I'm coming around to like actually thinking about what I put in my body. Like you say, sometimes we don't think about these things, you know, you just, are you, are you able to adjust pH like with um, something natural or whatever, if you're drinking, what's, is it, you're at five then if you're drinking it? The I, honestly, when I drink, when I drink water, I, I do not 
pH it at all. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Because I, I think we're supposed to be drinking high, um, like 9.5-ish. So that was, that's like, to, to still, I mean, it tastes delicious, but I think it's at that low pH. I don't, we're not supposed to be. Oh, no, you're right. I've read the same thing, and Justine actually has gotten on me about it uh, before. Um, you're you're definitely right, because that's the one thing I had researched when I looked up RO water, and, and the fact that not only... Um, not only is it lower pH, but like I said, with it being filtered so finely, like it literally is point zero point zero parts per million. And so uh, ca- calcium and magnesium actually mm-hmm. uh, are not in the water anymore. Um, and obviously calcium is good for you, you know? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I, definitely. I understand that you, I should not be drinking this water, but it just tastes so damn good. I can't. It does. It does. <laughs> You're right. It really does. It tastes the best. I used to brew with uh, distilled water, and I always felt in the end I could still taste that distilled flavor. And you know, and I finally got into pHing, you know, through the guidance of Kristen and having pH meters and stuff, and and in the brewing that I'd felt that you know there are a lot of minerals in water you know, from the tap, um, there's fluoride and stuff in it as well. Um, but you know, it was, there was something about like, you know, having a filtered tap water in the in, you know, as a home brewer that I'd felt tasted better, you know, and the beer itself. I like, I love just straight distilled water, the flavor of it, the smell of it, there's specific smell. Um, but when it came to the in flavor of a beer, I, I found that it was, it wasn't my desire. Um, yeah, we have that um, tall boy, you know, um, the filter I'm talking about. I can't remember the other part of the name, hydro something. I forgot, but it's um, it's uh, and then we got the extra attachment. I paid more money for. That. I don't even remember what I buy. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, not uh, it's not RO water though, but I use um, purified hardcore. That's what gotcha. I'll call it hardcore like is everything else and then nutrients can also change the ph of a water it's like because i had to get the extra to get make sure it's chloramine chloramine yeah out out the door for sure and that's the the upcharge there yeah that's definitely something people have to look out for because depending on how your town or city treats your water they may or may not use chloramine as opposed to chlorine so Mm -hmm. chlorine easily evaporates but as you probably found out chloramine you really have to Mm -hmm. filter or treat it treat it out yeah and Um, we've got pretty good water i think according to the test that i somewhat know how to understand (laughs) yeah that's what's funny is that i never knew i would learn so much about water in this endeavor like i always just really thought that just like drinking water, I would just go to the tap and fill up a cup of water and dump it into the pot and call it a day. But watering is a a really long process of, you know, uh, mixing nutrients if needed, but also pHing it to the right level. I try to vary my pH also. I'm in soil. So uh, this last grow, I started doing that where I try to keep track of uh, the pH in each watering and of course I try to keep it between, you know, in the six range, but I, what I try to do is, you know, sometimes I do high. So like 6.1, 6.15, 6.2, you know, creep up. Sometimes I do mid and sometimes I do high all the way to 6.8, 6.9, because nutrients just all over the spectrum from what I understand can be, uh, they absorb better at different pHs, I guess is what I'm saying. And so I'm yeah. kind of trying to mimic, uh, 
like what a rain might do because you know your rains will be all over the place you yeah. know as far as phs go and the the age too um i'm curious on the different phs according to the age of the plant you know and as long as your vpd i guess is stable but that would be because i haven't really gotten into that type of experimenting like oh if it's 5.8 would be amazing like if it happens to be amazing in flower as opposed to 6.3 mm-hmm. um but i would assume you know start low when they're young and go high when they're old because all the other nutrients that it intakes at the later stage when it needs it. You know, this is kind of a far out thought, but you know, in veg, you need to have a higher humidity. I wonder if the pH of the humidity itself of the water. I've always uh, wondered that too. Yeah. Actually have an effect. I've been trying to, yeah, like six spraying it with the six. Mm. But yeah. It's really interesting. You know, these are, they're such strong plants, you know, they're kind of like tomato plants in the way that they're, they're pretty Mm -hmm. strong. Um, And, you know, it's like, it's, it's just so interesting how much they've helped this planet. You know, it's like, it just blows my mind that there's not more fields being grown um, per region, you know, at least per County, you know, nationwide. Yeah, I mean, we talked to we're and we're gonna have them back on in the future. But the Illinois Hemp Growers Association, um, they were telling us about how um, hemp and cannabis in general is a great rotation crop. So, in other words, you know, you grow corn one year and then you throw hemp or you know some sort of cannabis in the field the next year, and it'll actually like enhance and revigor the soil, for lack of better words, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's uh like you say and then we try to get into that all the time too um what you're talking about like the idea that cannabis can save the world in so many different ways like you know and that's what that was one of the sad things we talk about this all the time seeing the the launch of adult the adult use market or just legal cannabis markets in general they use so many plastics and everything Mm -hmm. else and you really would have hoped they would have used like hemp plastics or some sort of hemp material yeah. like biodegradable, biodegradable. Um, materials killing yeah it's like we just fixed a little bit at the grocery stores when covid hit like here comes more plastic bags again like we just and yeah I, these cookies I, bags everywhere where like people are you know the alternative market is selling it right um you know and they're get looking into their packaging and the packaging we're seeing the packaging littered everywhere and it's not it, and it's I, all chemical growth, so you have to k- contain that little bit of smell that they have. Yeah, I'm just really shocked that there's not some type of like, you know, hemp p- paper, wax coated, you know, as the packaging that can at least break down. Um, that that's the one thing we've noticed. It was like, oh, or we just took a step back. If you have patients, they can come back with their own jars, you know, and then you right. can. Just like something. $5 There's... off if you bring your own jar. Yeah, and they do that in Colorado and in other states. And uh, they just... It'll come. At the, yeah, it'll come. There's actually the a bill that just died on the Senate or on in the lame duck session. It was going to try to amend a, a lot of different things, including like the license process by adding like some sort of other sub lottery. They're going to try to make badging requirements a little bit easier, quicker, maybe expedite the process. They're also trying to get the Illinois Department of Health to uh, draft rules for exchanges and refunds, which would really open the door to, well, you know, exchanges and refunds, but also, you know, you're not allowed to bring that container back on site. 
Like you're just not allowed to do that legally yet. And so what we're talking about right now could be a possibility in the future. You know, you bring your container back, um, throw it in the recycle bin that gets you a discount and you see that in other States. And let's hope we see that here. We, we want to see that reuse, reduce, recycle. If at least if they're not using biodegradable uh, materials, but then like you guys were saying, paper, clothing, um, biofuels, there's arguably room for him to be a biofuel. Um, I believe if you Google it, I could be wrong. I always try to make people research what we say. Henry Ford made the first vehicle out of a bio, like a hemp composite of mm. some sort. And it was not only lightweight, um, but because it's so fibrous, it was very uh, safe with regard to like, you know, um, not just fucking falling apart. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the Cheech and Chong bus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So my concern over my only concern about if you actually are to bring your jar back is, you know, your trichomes are going to fall off into the bottom of the jar. There's going to be like a tiny bit of shake in a corner. And if you were to get pulled over, um, even though it's legal, you know, and if someone wants to give you a rough time, you know, could you get in trouble with the residue that's left over in a jar? You know, even, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm kind of one. That's why I was more kind of thinking it was like, you know, when we went to the Philippines, we'd seen that they would reuse, recycle everything. Like you would buy cigarettes in a Gerber jar and stuff, you know, and it, we just right. thought this is amazing, you know, and they would give you, if you were a tourist, they would actually, if you were to like buy a pop, they would put it in a bag yeah. and a straw in it, you know, because they want, they know that you're not going to bring back the glass. Right. Um, and yeah, so that's where I would like to see some type of like, you know, hemp paper of, of some type go into the packaging you know, cause we're definitely, I noticed that, um, we're in an area in the city where we don't have street cleaning, like all the time, certain neighborhoods have a lot of street cleaning. Ours doesn't. And I always think about what I see on the ground is always things that you would find at a Seven Eleven or a convenience store. It's always like cigarettes, candy chips, you know, all these different kinds of packaging that get right, those right. impulse buying, you know, with the marketing departments. Um, and that's what's always everywhere, you know? And now we're starting to see like more and more, you know, the, the, the specific, like the, I guess you could just buy, uh, what is it? Cookies, like these bags. Buy like, it on Wish App or DHgate anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't know where they're getting them from. <laughs> we see them all the time. Yeah, they're everywhere. Well, I mean, what they're showing, I mean, what the, what, what I call the legacy providers are showing, you know, the folks that aren't licensed is that they can comply with these regulations that the state has set forth. And that's why it's a goddamn shame. I'm going to adopt my Southern accent for a second. That's a, it's a goddamn shame that, these, that some more people don't have uh, like licenses. You know what I mean? Like um, it's, it's so crazy that only 21, 21 groups of people are growing weed in the state of Illinois when Chicago is like, I say this all the time. Please Google me. I might Google it here in just a sec, but Chicago is like the third most populous city in the United States. Mm -hmm. So, and there's only like, I think there's 80 something dispensaries in Illinois, you yeah. know, for, it's just crazy when you compare it, especially to Colorado, which has a dispensary on every street corner. Basically they're like more plentiful. I argue than Starbucks, <laughs> you know, like it's like, Oh, there's a dispensary. There's a dispensary. Yeah. So the green cross that's yep. you just drive down any road in colorado it's just you see them everywhere yeah the yellow green road yeah <laughs> it's not really yellow but you know what i mean 
Yeah, because, you know, it's like for Chicago, there's about three million people that live within the city and six million people in the surrounding suburbs. So that makes nine million up here. And then I'm pretty sure like the rest of the state is nine million. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think there's 18 million in um, Illinois. I know that there's nine million up here at least. Um, Yeah. And there's just not, you know, it was, you know, the way this city kind of always works. This is a city of they call it the city of neighborhoods. And it's definitely a city of small towns. Each neighborhood is, I'm from a small town and, and that's how I see it. It's like the suburbs is kind of its own thing. Small town, rural people and city people kind of are similar in their way that everyone's got a guy that, you know, this person will fix your fridge and this person will fix your car. And, you know, in that way, and Chicago is very much like that. So when you have a city of small towns, you get this small town mentality of who do you know, you know, and that's where, you know, the politics, this is called the windy city for a reason, you know, that. Um, have always helped out those who they know and you know the rich you you know it was it was they made it impossible for any normal person to be able to enter this industry saying you'd have have to have a million liquid I mean right who has that that, $25,000 just to apply and you're not even guaranteed to get a license yeah like who has that you know so (laughs) there's like veterans that have been in this industry and cared and had been pushing and, you know, for so long fighting for it. And it finally in the state, it get, we get to this point and it's, it's, it's turned into like a gold rush, you it's, know, it's, it's like an investor brain, brain mindset only. And, and um, I, I sort of get the, the half a million, like, I don't think half a million capital should be a requirement, but I get needing a lot of capital. But the fact that it's a requirement is a little weird. And again, the fact that there's so many bars to entry, because the thing, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that scaling up costs enough. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, so you and I, we're growing like maybe, what are you growing? Three plants? I'm growing three plants. You don't have to get into numbers, but we're growing a small crop and that takes a lot of time. We'll think about scaling up and having to grow for a lot of people. That's going to take time, money. You're going to need a place all of the stuff that goes with that. So money air. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's enough, it's enough of a money sink. You and I know mm-hmm. that already. So I think all these bar barriers to entry are just unnecessary. Yeah. It makes in, sense. In my opinion. So um, well, really anything regulated has never really made sense to me, but I won't even yeah. get into too much with that. You know, the one thing <laughs> I, I think about is like, you know, think about, okay, you know, I homebrew, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, I always make the, the, I always see, you know, with hemp and hops being in the same category, the way we came out of prohibition is of alcohol is the same way that's going to be kind of working with the the hemp realm that, you know, you had major, you had like, you know, you know, you had like for a long time, it was only like Miller products, Anheuser-Busch, you know, Coors, like these major players. And then out of, you know, as beer started to gain a little bit more popularity and here comes craft beers, you know, now you're starting to see a lot of microbreweries. Hey, Merck's. She's got thoughts on the subject. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) She's pretty passionate about it. (laughs) So um, the the thing I'm kind of noticing is like, if I were to go from being Merck's a five gallon home brewer to, you know, going into now I'm a microbrewery. Now you, you will just run into issues, you know, when you scale up and there will be trial and error. So, you know, I do see why some of these, you know, bigger cultivators are going the safe route using more chemical based um, nutrients, you know, because it's safer to be, because like, they're not going to throw away a crop, you know, they're going to figure out a way of selling it because that's a huge, they're, 
you know, having what, like and a reset is easier. I mean, resetting soil, if you've been working on it forever, 2,500 square feet or something, you know, it's like scaling up in any way. So that's where I feel it would be better for more small craft grows to enter the scene and enter the market that, you know, kind of so with- someone doesn't lose a million dollars when something happens and it's okay if, like, right. you know, like just take it. Now we're stuck with pest ridden, you know, chemical grows, whatever, whatever it happens to be right now, or maybe a portion of it is 20% of it, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just that there should be, I mean, I even want to hope that dispensaries and cultivations can t- make their menu uh, and show the method that they're trying to sell us. It's like, oh, well, how was this grown? Oh, I'm going to try a, you know, 80% organic strain and the strain also grown as a different phenotype in the same method, you know? Yeah. Or even talk about like, you know, how long something, this could be selling points all across the board, mm-hmm. how long it's cured. Like if you imagine when you drink beer, if you ever have like a beer that has a or alcohol, um, when they cure alcohol, a fresh hops, it means that like the, it was brewed with like, it was pretty much alive, you know, when they threw the hops in secondary um, to back hop it, it, it was, these were fresh hops that they were using, you know, and then that way we could, you know, they could cultivators can push this, that, you know, it's like when we got our album made, you know, when we got the lacquer cut, it was cut in a special half speed cutting, mm-hmm. you know, it's like in these little ways where you can say I want grass fed vinyl. <laughs> yeah. You know, or you, you can like, they could really kind of show off what they're using saying, you know, like remember Bud Swell? It was uh we when we were at the Colorado. Oh Cup, yeah, one of the some we PGR met them. There were these two older oh, guys. Oh no, that's not the PJ. That's good stuff. That's uh, well. Back one. That yeah, that it was. And what was so interesting is I think they were out of California, and there was a train car that just like stopped working and was left there, and it was filled with back guano, and they went and just took it all. And they started giving it to their plants, and was like this or, stuff. Or they great. it they bumped into a train car, and then they found a cave, and it was in the back cave. I don't know. There was something know. and they just got a bunch of backwater and they end up developing a whole company off of it. And, you know, it's kind of in that way. Like, I feel like it could be a selling point to say, you know, we collab with the Budswell guys and this is our special Budswell batch. Right. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, and just to return to like what your guys' experience in the dispensary, uh, I feel like what you felt was lacking, not only was like maybe taste, smell or whatever, um, but also just that connection with the product. Like you have a connection with your homegrown product, you know, and you're, you're used to that connection. And so you tried to seek out just basic information about the product. How was it grown? Hey, how was this thing grown? I'd like to, you know, before I ingest it, I want a little bit of connection with the product. I don't think that's too much to ask. And in this market, it is, unfortunately, (laughs) in this market, it is. Yeah. If you were to say, you know, this was um, like sea of green or like this was you know, hydro or soil, or, you know what I mean? There is like, I think it would be that much more interesting when picking out a product and you're informing the customer. This plant had metal music played throughout your favorite Led Zeppelin (laughs) album. Yeah. This plant was grown on you. You know, it was like even uh, Maynard from Tool, he has this winery on, out in Arizona. And Fiji he has a doc- water only. He, he like took his like mom's ashes and put them like in the soil of these grapes because she was paralyzed most of her life. And, you know, this was, he knew his wines were going to travel the world and it was a way that she could travel the world. And it's things like this that you, you know, you want to hear with the company and you want to hear the intent that goes into it and the love and the passion. And it's not just to make money. What if you sell a strain? that had psilocybin shrooms growing on the rooting system 
amazing. Yeah. I love it. I love the idea. You need to patent it. <laughs> you need to patent it. So I just wanted to plug really quick. Before the government like, does, because they have the patent on canvas. <laughs> right. I wanted to plug this really quick because I was taking a look at your guys, your website. Uh, so if you go to danceloudmusic.com, folks, and you go to shop, you can pick up a vinyl record, a copy of the uh, the moment uh, in vinyl. Um, you can get it even if you're, you know, overseas. I was just checking our stats the other night. We're doing better than ever, which is crazy. I try not to look at the stats often, but we've even got some people that listen from overseas. There's somebody listening in Belgium. So um, oh. you, if you want to get uh the the moment uh you can get it in vinyl and other forms uh they've even got it on usb tape cassette um you can get some dance loud swag they've got tank tops where you can actually see a picture of the dog we were talking about earlier with her <laughs> side pony so uh um you can get proper uh, out it was too hard <laughs> yeah she's fabulous so dance loud fedora i also like that uh you guys have stickers uh other types of merch too you know cds dvds posters button stickers but you can also i was going to ask this question earlier you know how can our folks try to support you it looks like you've got a little um qr code with venmo and if people are feeling generous that you can buy them a cup of coffee you know is there are there any other ways though that our folks can support you follow (laughs) okay so what we've been doing lately because you know uh trying to market your album (laughs) kind of gets repetitive at times um and we decided to this all happened from a friend just i made a t-shirt that says you know any donations over 25 bucks we got a free vinyl and so a buddy of mine donated 25 bucks but already bought our vinyl so instead we made a mystery box and put (laughs) random stuff in there so if you want us to send you a bag of random stuff according to what we think you will like we'll do it yeah, um, awesome. one thing that helps us the most is um, like subscribing to our um, our uh, Spotify and YouTube. Um, cool. It's when we are able to start booking shows again. Um, that's really what bookers are going to be looking at is those numbers, um, and that's something that we really need to start paying attention to. But yeah, so we're coming out with content um, and doing some live sets. Uh, we're going to do stripped down, slow tempo versions of some of the songs. So to awesome. give a little, yeah. So just plus plus it's a little bit more um something that we haven't heard ourselves yet because we also like variety a little too much. <laughs> and are gonna put a little bit of that on the YouTube. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, again, uh it's danceloudmusic.com. Please uh support your local artists, folks. They're local Chilinoians. You gotta give it give it to them. And the music is perfect to smoke too. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, you see that I've been smoking, uh, smoking and listening to the music over the past month. It's about for when we first connected and I learned about you folks. Um, yeah, they're on YouTube, Vivo, Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to them on Spotify. And uh, what were the other platforms? I want, We want to make sure you get the numbers you need, you know, s- subscribe. Well, we're on any platform. We may even uh, not know all platforms that we are on. <laughs> hey, I understand that. I understand that. We've seen our podcast pop up on but different places. If, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, if you have it, we are on it because we did a ton of research of who we distribute to. So if we are not on it, I bet you if you look harder or put no space in between dance and loud, it'll show up. Cool. Well, whatever platform you're listening on, be sure to uh, subscribe, give them feedback, thumbs up, however, uh, you know, the platform works. Just be sure to, to you know, submit your feedback and support because, yeah. Uh, yeah, support your local I'd, artists, folks. I'd recommend Tidal because I heard that was the best primo quality. Uh, Beatport is also the DJ quality of the wave files, and uh, we paid oh, cool. a uh, a nice 
small, still, you know, low budget, but high fidelity amount um, in from coming from London and uh, just to get that that primo sound that you only hear through giant speakers and not just your headphones or earbuds or your phone, um, you'll you'll feel it, you know. Um, and I'd recommend the the 180 level or the title streaming level because that's where the juice is, I say. <laughs> So, uh, Kristen, Desiree, any uh, parting words before we uh, close out the show today? Well, it was really fun smoking with you. and Yeah. About our... You know, we should do kind of like Drunk History um, dab sessions. Like, and then it just becomes ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. There's going to be like a special segment on like 420 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Special occasion. Yeah, maybe another time we'll have to do something fun and you know just like. And there definitely, definitely will be another time. I was just about to say we'd will we would love to have you back on uh, in the future. We'll be in touch. Um, And so if anything comes up, the invitation is also always open. You know, you get a new project you're wanting to promote, just reach out. Yeah, you guys are feeling spicy. Hit us up. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you'll definitely hear from us. But if something, like I say, if something comes up for you, we're all about supporting local artists. So if something comes up for you that you're really excited about and you want to tell the people about, this is your platform too. So reach out to us, you know, Mm -hmm. chill and I. Yeah. And if y'all find any cool venues or have any recommendations of, uh, or throw a comment on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere like cities. Yeah. We want to like, as the world starts to open back up, get back on the road and at whatever capacity it is i cannot wait to see dance loud live me either yay (laughs) thank you yeah cool well um thanks again for joining us today we'll be in touch um and uh yeah cheers chillin thank you appreciate it